Hey ladies and gents, thanks for tuning in to a new episode of the Granny Days Podcast. This week we are joined by Jonathan Paragas, but you probably know him as King Japes. So we had a pretty chill conversation this week. We talked about a lot of things like street photography, his YouTube channel, composition, and a lot more. Uh, and of course we had our trademark goofing around. So uh, I hope you like this episode and hashtag together. <laughs> peaks to edit off of and then we'll get this party started all right right. hey guys how's it going good man how you doing man i'm doing good we got a we got a guest with us today ed oh yeah yeah we took a week off so it's nice to have somebody we can talk to yeah and this is a, (laughs) a a voice unfamiliar to the podcast yet too so yeah. Since we're dancing around it, why don't we go ahead and introduce him? You wanna, you wanna do the honors this week? I know. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine then. Uh, <laughs> so this week we have King Japes with us, Jonathan Paragas. How are you doing, man? How you doing? Man, I'm good. Uh, shit, just living. Sorry. Like fuck. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I'm good. What's yes. going on, guys? On brand already. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Sorry, yes. Betsy. Man, we are starting this. It's been a minute. It's a minute in, and we've already got two rolling. Like, I'm going to have to get a ticker yep. again. This is going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Granny Day swear. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep track. No, this is going to be great. I mean, yeah. on the YouTube channel, I try not to curse too much, so I guess I'll offload it all into this into this podcast today. There so. we go, man. You can just... We, we can be your... Uh, what can... What's, I don't know. We can be your, your swear therapist. Yes, yeah. I needed yeah. it. There we Need go. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we all gotta let it. Go. We all gotta let it go from time to time, right? Yeah, for sure. And it, 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 like, that's why we tell you. You know, we tell you pre-shows. Like, you say what you want to. We can edit out or whatever. But like, you know, some people have a persona that they play, and you know, it's maybe not necessarily be their full personality where they're like yeah. toning it down and doing whatever yeah. and they want to keep it going right. so that's why we're like you know you're free to be you if you want to but you don't you can keep up your thing if you want to do that too you know <laughs> very true very yeah. true yeah i try you know i think mac does youtube too right he makes yeah. videos yeah. as well yeah 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 he's, a lot of those people who work. do like videos will... oh, i bet it's yeah. tough man but i bet a lot of these like people who do youtube will tell you like they're nothing like what they are in like these videos because those oh, videos are just highlights essentially. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that for sure. Um, so as you've just said, Mac is not here tonight. Um, Mac had work shit that he had to take care of. He's been doing like this rollout. So the past few weeks for him have been pretty rough podcast yeah, wise. Pretty rough. So, but that yeah, that man. aside. Um, I think the episodes without him tend to be a little bit more cohesive and off a little bit less off the rails. So um, he's not yeah. going to listen anyway. So I can say that it's all right. Mac doesn't listen. But if you are listening, Mac, what's up? What's up, dude? Yeah, yeah. He's not though. I guarantee you, he's not. Mac doesn't even listen when he's on the podcast. <laughs> he, yeah, he just. He doesn't. He doesn't even, he's he doesn't just here. He's just here to like get his name out more. Yeah. Spectator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Word. So, Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and uh, if people don't know who you are or where they your name sounds familiar, but they're not quite sure, uh, why don't you go ahead and give them a little primer on who King Japes is? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, my name is Jonathan Paragas. That's my government name for anybody out there wondering. But I have a YouTube channel called King Japes. That's probably where most people know me from. Other than that, just a regular dude like you guys shooting film. And uh, I like street photography and stuff, but that's pretty much it. That's my entire life right there. Just YouTube, film photography, street photography. Bam. Bam. Yeah. Just like pretty that. boring, eh? Nah. <laughs> street photography. People love that shit. Oh, nah, man. Hell yeah. That's like... Until they get backlash. Oh, you get backlash for it? Uh, Not all the time. But you guys ever heard of like that whole entire Fuji film thing? I don't even want to go into it. Oh no, that yeah, we talked about that. Uh, recently, oh yeah, right? we did. We talked about yeah. it with Brandy. Yeah. And there's actually like, oh man, um, there's been like all kinds of stuff come out too about that since we talked about it. So um, yeah. we'll just but get into your, it. Yeah, Fuck but, it, man. Let's do yeah. this. Um, so, <laughs> let's just get into it. So yeah. What's your take on it? Yeah. From, what's your take on you know, it? You do this, and then you promote this. You know, you promote street photography on, on your uh, YouTube and stuff. So what's your take on right. it? Um, oh, see, I don't know all the details myself. But from what I do know was that Fujifilm partnered with him to kind of do, like, a promotional video for their X100. What, what letter is it? V? The V, yeah. The, but not only was V-mo- he partnered for that video, though, he was a Fuji X ambassador. Right. Okay, see, that's something that I did not know. Yeah. But... I, maybe I did know because I heard he got dropped from Fujifilm after this entire situation. Is that true? That's true. Okay, that kind of hurts in the gut. Yeah. But um, my take on it, I mean, from what I've heard was that people were saying that he looks scary doing this stuff. Just negative and nasty things about the man. Um, and uh, I mean, you look at the stuff he's doing and it's great. It's you know, I like what he's doing with it. But a lot of other people do it as well. So I don't understand kind of like where yes. or why they would all kind of dump all the hate on him. And then Fujifilm right. just deleting the video and then dropping him off. Right. I don't know. It it's seems just sketchy, little... right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's for sure. the only way I've been able to like s- describe it is that it seems sketchy. So like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Tatsuo Suzuki. Um, and I've, I've talked about him for like he's the reason I kind of like started getting like into street photography so like i've always kind of had like this i don't even want to say love hate with street photography i've just never loved it you know and i started like paying attention to his work and then like branching out and looking at people like daido moriyama and like all of those japanese photographers and like they kind of inspired me to take a like a for real look at street photography like i've never really like gotten into shooting street but like i can appreciate it now and and it's literally from tatsuo suzuki he sparked that for me so for me this is like kind of like what the hell man um yeah this dude like the thing about it too is like he has an assistant that goes out with him um when he's shooting and like the assistant came out and was like you know a lot of these people every one of the ones that were in the the video signed a consent 
to be in the video. And a lot of times he goes back and talks to people and stuff, but he does try to get his images. And, and you know, Bruce Gilden does this, and, and he's a freaking Magnum photographer, you know? And, right. his, and, and right. his style mm-hmm. is so much more intrusive because he doesn't really give a fuck at all. Like, he will walk up into your face and snap a photo <coughs> You know, Tatsuo <laughs> like walks in, walk, like will walk into your yeah exactly, and with Flash, like he'll walk yeah. into your direction and your path and make you walk around him. But he doesn't like walk up with like a giant because you know he's using the little small cameras most of the time and just using the freaking screen and stuff. And like, you know, I I don't know. It, it seems crazy that they would drop him for that because. With him being an ex-ambassador, they knew his style already before they put that video out, or they wouldn't have endorsed they him to, to do that. And the I other think... thing too is who greenlit who greenlit the video to get out anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. Did, exactly. It wasn't him. Right. They only really took it down to cover up their names. I feel like For at sure. the end of the day, because otherwise they would have gotten more backlash just from not from photographers, but just from the general public. So that's something that's... that. Yeah, I think that's a big point, yeah. the general public. Like, I feel like that – I don't think photographers are the ones throwing a, a bitch fit. I think it's, like, general public oh. that have that have seen this, you know, that are like, well, but, oh, a new camera, let's look at it. Who, but it is photographers who are looking at this video. I think I think who it is, it's it's non-street photographers. So people who don't yes. do street photography is yeah. a, a viable genre or a, a genre of a kind that, that they would shoot. So it's like yeah. – you know, and That's I don't fair. want to pick on like landscape shooters or portrait shooters or all these, but it's people who don't see street photography as a as a genre of photography, and they see it more as a, adding to oh, your you're just point. Being a pain in the ass, you know, you're just a pain in the ass for this person because you're taking a picture of them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you think That's about it, too, street photography, just even to photographers who aren't really familiar with it. It just looks like the weirdest thing ever. You know, there's really no kind of clear goal to what you're doing because you, there's you're not hired for anything. You're out on the street, you have a camera, and you're taking photographs of strangers. So, yep. you know, it's scary to really kind of shoot street photography in a way. But you know, not only the general public, like you were saying, it's other street photog- or other photographers too that sometimes yeah. they just don't understand what street photography is. What's yeah, I, I think that's what I meant when I was saying like general public yeah. is like people who are interested right. in cameras who are going to watch this video, but not necessarily into that style. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's crazy, well, but I, you know, I know, yeah. Well, he Go released ahead. a thing recently saying that like, you know, he understands why it happened and like. He's taking the high road, so good on him. That's all I gotta say. Like he's he's gonna be fine. He was a he was a name before he was in the Fuji X program, and he'll he'll still be taking photos long after Fuji. Oh, Man, yeah. I mean, if not now, I mean, he, he's probably a bigger name now than maybe he was. True, before. that is exactly. true. Yeah. Exactly. I was thinking too, maybe Rico or Leica. This could be a good opportunity to swoop one of them. You know, to swoop him up. Yeah, well, he was a Rico shooter before, and he's friends with um, was he? okay. Samuel Lintaro, and you know Sam is a big yeah yeah, yeah. GR so advocate. So, oh, yeah, man. we love that, that guy. That guy is the reason. That's him, and then we have a mutual friend. Dustin and I have another mutual friend between Samuel and the my uh, our other buddy is the reason I got a Rico GR. <laughs> I yeah. kept on watching Samuel's, great, uh, Samuel's uh, videos over and over again. And I'm just like, goddamn. 
<laughs> Let's just get one. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Out of the way. They beat me down, dude. They beat me down, and I ended up getting one. Yeah, but you love he it. You regret it, though. Oh, dude, I, I fucking love my Rico GR. I, See, there you go. Oh, man, it's in my pocket all the time, and we get, you know, I get out, point, and shoot. Yeah, yeah, man. Love it. Especially, I picked up one of those cameras. It's pretty dope. Yeah, I, I, I like your, um, your, what is it, the ghetto pan? Yeah. <laughs> you had to bring it up. Yeah, I had to yeah bring the ghetto it up. pan. The ghetto pan. Did you, did you get shit for that video? I feel like people would have gave you shit for that video. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And they were mostly from X-Pan users, so. Yeah. Of course they were. I mean, I don't get, I mean, I don't mind it. I know it, it looks stupid, but... My pockets aren't that deep to get an X-Pen, and I really wanted to just try like some type of panorama type of shit. So I was like, you know what? Somebody tried this before. I'm going to try it as well. Let's see what happens. And it turned out to be pretty damn good. So I still shoot with it, actually, that way. Dude, you know what I've been you need shooting to with do? It, like, you, need to, you, need to, um, you need to find somebody with a 3D printer and have a little panorama instrument yeah. for your cameras. That's what I've been doing. I've been uh my 3D printer's down right now, but I had a few like I, I made a um a 3D printer insert for my Bessa and then I made one for my um <laughs> XD11 and I was running around shooting like panoramas and then a friend let me borrow his Leica, the same guy that pressured uh Ed into the GR. He let me borrow his Leica and I made a I made a panorama insert and I was like I feel like so many people are gonna be so pissed about this because I'm running around with a super, <laughs> with a, a 50 millimeter Subacrod and a Leica M2 with a, a 3D printed panorama adapter in it. Yeah, dude. You get this for anything at this point. Yeah. 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 Like I feel like yeah, you know people are open to half frame and like they're all about all these unique formats, but as soon as you talk about crop panorama, people just like have no patience for it for some reason i think it yeah. stems from like those older little 35 mil point and shoots that have the actual mask built in like a little yep. switch yeah yep. you know usually those are like pretty they're uh, here and there but i use it every now and then on my like 35 ti hey it, man it, i use it on my you know. stylus epic all the time there you go yeah. <laughs> dude I, I shot i shot a whole project i have uh, an old project i shot la panoramic and it's all shots around LA, and it's in that pano mode. Yeah. It, uh, it, yeah. It was it was really fun. It was really fun. Then I sold the camera. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about that though? Like. Oh, I love crop panorama. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, care, crop dude. panorama. I love it. I don't. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with it. Uh, I you know, 35 millimeter is big enough to do to blow up, and you're not losing that much you know deep like sure you're losing like a third of the frame but you're you're losing half of it with half frame and you can blow half frame up pretty damn big so pretty damn big. yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not shoot crop frame exactly man like if you're happy with it then who fucking cares what anybody else thinks yeah yeah and the thing too with that like uh the rico gr i mean it's it's digital so it has 16 megapixels i mean that's still pretty damn good, even after you crop. So, like, I was yeah. doing some printing at home, and I printed yeah. something out with, like, an 11 by 14 Turned out pretty damn good. And I was like, man, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to keep shooting this. It makes me happy. It's fun. Exactly. Uh, and it's challenging, too, to to compose with a yeah. panorama right. aspect ratio. It's weird as shit. I don't get it sometimes. It's like square <laughs> format. I have right. a lot of trouble composing with square. 
Oh man, Square, you just have to you just have to do it. Like that's one of those things where you just have to do it and then you'll get it. You know what I mean? Just put it in the box. Yeah. Just put it in the box. You just it. have to you just have to do it and then the more you do it, the more you'll start to see it. Cuz I was the same way. Yeah. I got my um we were just talking about really? this earlier today. Yeah. So I got my um Yashika mat and the first couple times I was shooting with it, I was like, "Oh man, this is tough. I don't know about this." And then I went and got my Hasselblad and I was still like, "Uh, I just spent a lot of money and I'm not great at this." But the I just kept forcing <laughs> myself to shoot it and I'm comfortable with it. And I love this I love square format now. Uh, just, what was the learning curve for you? Uh, How long? I think it. Uh, you know, I don't even know. I just think it was just getting comfortable with it. Um, because okay. the same, you know, it, it's <coughs> first of all, it's awesome that you don't have to worry about like whether you're, you know, shooting it in um, landscape or portrait. It's just it is what it is. You know, it's all it the is, same. Yep. It's all the same. So like something that you might turn your camera for it. You just still take the photo and then you just rotate the image in when you scan it in, you know? Um, right, 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 right. So you, you just have to learn to see through the viewfinder what you're going to see on your screen or, or on your enlarger or however you're going to do it. Uh, and there's so many, uh, like composition methods now that like instead of just using rule of thirds which rule of thirds does work fairly well with the square format square. but yeah uh i tend to like try to pay more attention to like dynamic symmetry uh it just like le and, and like leading lines and stuff and i've been do watching a lot of videos on like the gestalt psychology of like art and stuff like this like i was blowing ed up this weekend <laughs> with a bunch of videos on this stuff but <laughs> it's hey, true okay. though while he's doing all this i've already shot probably a pro pack of 120 and my lca 120 you know, yeah LCA, it's true uh, medium format i have it's true because i just you know i you know that one is but that one's a little easier to shoot square just because there's an actual like a little bit of a viewfinder there to kind of compose versus right. you know like a tlr or even the hassy you got to look down right so yeah. i can see there's that challenge you know there's a challenge of looking down into the viewfinder versus you know if you had something that was square where you actually had like a viewfinder to your eye and stuff like that well so. i don't mind the waist level viewfinder i enjoy a good waist level viewfinder but you can always get a prism finder for the house of lad too mm -hmm. yeah so i have, oh, I have one for my rolly yeah. yeah i have a prism I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. You, you, you can get a prism yeah. finder. You can get like a 90 degree finder where you hold it up just like a regular camera to your eye. Or you can get like a 45 where you still have it down at an angle a little bit. Uh, and they're both pretty cool. And they they actually have metered finders too that you can get for it. Jeez, dude. Well, yeah. mad respect for you guys. I can't, I can't frame square for shit, so... <laughs> I don't know you how you guys do it. You just gotta do it, man. You just gotta, you just gotta grab your Holga and just fucking do it, man. Just grab. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I say a Holga. I think a Holga is probably the worst way to do it because you can't actually see what you're doing through the screen. Or through, uh, like, a I don't even look through the viewfinder when I do a Holga. Yeah, just you point just. And shoot. Yeah, exactly. And close my eyes and hope it, uh, <laughs> hope it's yeah. in the middle or whatever. Yeah, maybe grab like an old vintage um, Bessa. You know, one of the six by six Bessas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe grab. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just grab like a cheap. A, a, a cheap square format camera and just fucking make yourself do it dude yashika mats and like tlrs are amazing for street photography because for one like everybody fucking loves them everybody wants to talk to you 
and it, it like make Hell yeah. it like opens people up. Such a Sika Matt fanboy, dude. I, dude, I, I love my. I don't have. <laughs> that's the only TLR I have, man. <laughs> that's that's the experience that I have to draw from. Okay, so just get over. Dude, it. it's all about have, the Rolex, baby. I don't what? have a Rolex, so Team Yashika. It's Yashika gang in here, bro. Yashika yeah. gang in here. Yeah, man. See, there we go. Yeah, I had. I, I had those before, like the Matt. I had the original Matt One Twenty Four, which had like all the silver chrome oh, those are so dials. Gorgeous. Yeah. And then I had the One Twenty Four G that I found at a thrift store for like ten bucks. Oh man. And then, yeah, it was crazy, but I sold both of them because. I literally tried my best. Like, I told myself, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna learn the square format until I, you know, cry. But yeah. I just couldn't do it. You know, with portraits, it was hard for me. Shooting street out there, it was tough. I was looking for, you know, a longer aspect ratio, and then or, I don't know. I just suck. But with that hey that camera, so it better is what it is. Don't force yourself to do something that you don't like. You know. Yeah. You're you do only... have to be in that frame of mind that, you know. You know, again, just spend a, a couple of rolls and see how it goes. And if it's not for you, move on. Yeah, right. True. Exactly. True. True. Yeah, I mean, and and you know enough people at this point. Like, I'm sure somebody's got one that you could borrow for an afternoon and go and like hang out with yeah. it. You know. Um, yeah. For me, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, like, if I'm gonna go do street photography, like, I'm probably like I, I have to decide if I'm gonna pull my Bessa out or my my Yashica mat because you know. <laughs> Like, rangefinders are just, you know, it, it's street photography. So, it, you know, that's like, oh, you got to have a rangefinder for street photography. Uh, but my Yashica mat is generally, like, my favorite for that because people love it. Yeah, people love it. Yeah. You'll be, you'll, it, it's so easy to, like, zone focus those suckers. And then you're just sitting there and, like, everybody's always looking at you. Nobody looks at the camera. It's kind of that right. um, Vivian Meyer effect, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. One thing I will tell you, though, about the Ishikas is that, like, they're fucking amazing to, like, just shoot and kind of hold. Yeah. I don't know. Something about, like, the winding of the film yeah. and that little shutter. It sounds cool. It is. They're cool. It sounds really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get you back on Yashika, Matt. We're going we're gonna to be watching your – we're going to see a video pop up in a couple of weeks and be like, falling yeah. in love with this camera again. <laughs> Best street yeah, photography goes, camera, geez. question mark? <laughs> some yeah, awkward yeah. title <laughs> yeah, here we go for sure yeah man so before we get too deep in the weeds why don't we um uh, we've been off for a, a couple weeks and why don't we kind of chat about what we've been up to because i know you've had a ton of stuff going on dude yeah ed's oh, had a bad oh, weekend yeah. we're just gonna I go ahead a, and I, ed's had a bad I, weekend let's just, let's just get it out there uh Went out to Salton Sea yesterday, did a ton of shooting, and uh, in the evening, uh, as the sunset was going down, uh, we were out there shooting, but it was like super windy. I mean, the winds, I would say 30 to 40 miles an hour, and the sand was just going everywhere. Jeez. And in that process, I was shooting my Bessa, um, took a couple of shots, but because I didn't want the camera to get hit by all the sand that was flying... I put the sucker in my pocket, went on my happy way, started shooting some more with with another camera. But in that process, in that one hour time frame, I lost my Bessa. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, my Bessa, my Bessa fell out of my pocket somewhere, 
And I went back. We didn't leave. But once I recognized that I didn't have it anymore, I went back and retraced my steps like four or five times. You couldn't find it? I could not find it. So the only thing I could think of is wherever I dropped it, there's some people that came and found it. You know, I mean, it's it's a camera, so. Is it like a sandy air? Yeah. Man, you got to go back out there with like a metal detector or something. Just... Well, I mean, the, the 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 wind was blowing enough, but not enough to cover items, right? So, like, I could still see my footsteps from the retracing and stuff. So, uh... yeah. Yeah, so I, I really think that it just fell out of my pocket and someone found it, didn't realize that there's photographers there to even ask. And, and someone took it or, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. So it was a pretty shitty day or sh- shitty evening uh, towards the end that uh, I was just like, oh, that's tough. Yeah. It's it, it is tough, man. And I just been trying to, you know, just re- retrace my steps in my mind, you know, because I remember shooting it. I shot a couple of frames and then I remember wrapping it up putting it in my pocket and then after that shooting with uh, I was actually shooting with my GA645 getting some other shots and so um, yeah dude it's hard uh, to hear it I know man yeah. that one hurt that one hurt and I was just like uh. so the whole ride home I'm like oh fuck yeah and yeah, you took so to many cry. cameras out there with you too man like that's yeah but but you know I don't think that played much because I've I've done it before um, and all the other cameras, I had them in my pockets as well. The jacket I was carrying, I was wearing, had like deep pockets. And where I put this camera was in my outside pocket, as yeah. opposed to inside mm-hmm. pocket. So gotcha. it's you know, so I had them all packed in, and uh, they're all accounted for except the Bessa, which uh, wow, such a bummer, man. You've yeah. only had that thing like two months. Uh, yeah, yeah I got just it around, got that thing. I, I got it around Christmas time. Yeah. And then, then the other thing too is I had also bought that Lomo, uh, the art lens, uh, yeah. which is their pancake and mount lens. Yeah. Uh, it came out on the Black Friday deal in November, so. Oh um, man. So it, it was it was such a great it's little kit, and um, then I posted a picture on my Instagram or a story on my Instagram, and it was the Bessa. With a roll of X Pro Chrome. Um, it's an old retired film stock that Lomography used to have, and it's made for, uh, you know, to uh, slide film, but you're supposed to cross process it uh, yeah. to get the, the funky colors and stuff. And then I put a little sad face near the button. Mm. So just to see if anybody noticed, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my, my RIP to, to that to that rangefinder or that camera. So I know one of my buddies is going back next week. So I'm gonna have him just go do. He's gonna go shoot in that same area. So I'm just have him go do another, another round, you know. But, uh, dude. but yeah, I know, dude. I know it's uh, it's a heartbreaker. It is mm-hmm. a yeah. But I but what I will say is my time with the Bessa it, to me it was one of the better cameras that I've ever used. That viewfinder was just awesome, and even that that little lens, that little lens was 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 really Super fun rad. to use because it. Because it was zone focus, so yeah. I didn't have to twist right. too much. It's just a little lever and stuff, and it was just that was just for me. That was just the the 
perfect kit for my style of shooting or my way that I want to shoot a camera. This um, model was it? Um, it was Showing the Mesa us. R2A. That was the same one I have. Yeah. yeah. The same one Jeez. I have. So, oh, we're all R2A gang? Yep. Gang? <laughs> yeah. Well, Let's go. We were, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I know. God damn it. Dude, yeah, have but, you checked um, up on like the classified ads and like I, I'm going, let yeah, go? I have, I have, um, I have a couple of like safe searches and stuff like that going just to see if yeah. it pops up and that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Um, yeah, but I do. It'll plan, be easy to spot yours because of yeah, the normal lens. Be, yeah, it should be fairly easy to spot it. Um, Plus, it was super but, clean. You know, so yeah, you know, a lot of those besses are beat up and stuff from use because that paint wears off so easily. Yeah, and his was so clean this, too. So this one, uh, yeah, this one was in very, very good condition. Man, this one hurts me, dude. Oh yeah, God. I know. Oh man, I felt but gutted night, when he told last me. Last night was tough, dude. Yeah, yeah, last I can't imagine. I felt yeah. it for him. Yeah, but I, I do plan on getting another one towards the end of the year, probably, um, because I just love shooting it. I love that shooting experience with it. So yeah, um, I do see another one coming into on to my shelves at some point and then um, probably strap it to my body whenever I take it out. I'll put like a headband on so you know, <laughs> my, it's never coming off. You know, there you go. Way to do it. But, uh, but yeah. But yeah. So that was the, that's the bad news. The good news, <laughs> the good news today is that uh, today I received my, uh, my Nikon DF. I had purchased this uh, last week. I found a good deal on it, and I've been wanting this one just to go with my Loma, uh, my Lomagon lens. And I've been driving Dustin crazy because I was I've been oh talking God, about it so much, truth. you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because I tried to adapt it to my Fuji's, and while I liked it and it seemed pretty cool, um, I just didn't feel like I was getting the most out of that lens. And so I have a Nikon FM3A. But one of my big uh, things that I don't like about that camera is the lever has to stick out in order for it to power on. Now, I know Dustin just got an FM2, right? Yeah, 2N, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, And he doesn't mind it, but where my eye, I have, I'm left eye dominant, so my eye has to go um, all the way. So my forehead, I get that little indention with the things. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, so it's like... I get stabbed in the forehead every time I use that camera. Um, so what? Uh, so my thought is, man, let me just get something. And I've been looking at just like a Nikon DSLR, but they just look so ugly. DSLRs just look ugly, and this DF was just was just uh, the right styling for me. Yeah. And yes, a lot of it for me. It has the the lens and the camera has to look good together, or else I won't I won't want to shoot it. It's like. It's like, really? a, it's like driving a beat-up car. You're like, uh, yeah, I take it from point A to point B, but uh, I don't know. It, it it doesn't fit the styling and, and so forth. Yeah. So for me, you know, it, it was a perfect match. And so far from the images, uh, or I took photos of the camera, so some camera porn. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this looks good. Um, and so I'm going to give it a go and see how I like it. I. I I'd probably still keep the FM3A for a little bit because I do have an F100. So if I ever want to use this particular lens, I can use it on the, on the F100 if I need to. But I think primarily this lens that I got, the Lomagon Art lens, will probably be on the digital side because um, I still got I got a couple other lenses for uh, Nikon. So 
So, uh, so yeah. So I got that going on. Um, I got a shitload of scanning to do from some uh, roles that I had at the lab. Um, and then uh, <laughs> yesterday, I shot like ten rolls of film too, along with the digital. Oh, and Damn. I've been getting um, that's yeah. how rolls. Well, ten rolls. I, yeah, ten rolls. But I did. I did like maybe three or four. I did like three with the Bessa and like three or four with the Sardina. Um, have you Have you ever seen the La Sardina? Nope. Johnson? Oh, Never. Dude. Oh my God, dude! This is. It, it's a plastic, fantastic. It's a twenty-two millimeter lens, and and the lens is not sharp at all. I mean, uh, Dustin can. It's a thirty-five millimeter Holga. Yeah. Yeah, it's like oh, a Holga, gotcha. but, but it's twenty-two okay. millimeter wide f f eight, and it has been one of the better street cameras that I've used. Really. Um, yeah, because I just point and shoot. There's only two settings. It's a zone focus. It's close, which is in oh. from, from like I think it's like six inches to three feet, and then anything after that is infinity. So, you just so it's like an it. LCA almost in a way. Right, right. But this okay. one looks like a sardine can. <laughs> That's the, what other the hell. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Look, yeah. look at a It's the lamography. Hold on. Because you know lamography, me. I love lamography and I shoot all yeah, it's the La Sardina. La Sardina. You check this out. Yeah, that sounds dude. crazy. Yeah. I think it got the only good copy of the La Sardina, though. <laughs> because mine is shit. Yeah. Nothing's ever in focus. You have and, one, too. Yeah, Dustin. I have one, too. Ed, Ed talked me into it, and I was like, man, because he, he does legitimately get some really great photos out of it. And I was like, oh, man, that thing's rad for what it is. I'm going to go try this out. So I, fa- I was like was playing around on eBay, and I had one pop up for like 15 bucks, and I was like, Shit, they're like seventy bucks on Lamography's website. Let me go for this, and yep. uh, I got it. And motherfucker, nothing's in focus. Like it doesn't matter what <laughs> setting it's on. Nothing's ever in focus. And it's not just no, like soft. Listen. It's not just soft, Ed. It's just not in focus ever. Well, well, here's the thing. I was talking to Bartosek yesterday because he was telling me the same thing. Uh, Michael Bartosek, he's, he's our, uh, he's one of our friends, and and he actually he's a co-host sometimes. He fills yeah. in sometimes. He's our fill-in host. And, um, <clears throat> He also has a sardina. So yesterday he was telling me, he goes, dude, I just never get anything. I said, okay, well, let's look at it. And, you know, there's really not much to tweak on it. And I said, well, which one are you using? And so we talked about the zones and that kind of stuff and, and distances. So he did shoot quite a bit at the uh, Bombay drive-in with it. So I'm hoping that he's gotten some good results and so forth. So, <clears throat> but yeah. But if we'll you see. look at my Instagram, Jonathan, yeah. you'll see my latest three posts. Those were all sardina. Check it out. I shot at Disneyland. So, um, but yeah, yeah, dude, I really, yeah, Yeah. dude, I've fallen in love with that camera. And this was a camera that was given as a gift, right? So, I just, it is such a fun camera to shoot. And you don't think about it. I mean, it's because it's so wide. I mean, you just point it, and for the most part, it's going to grab anything. Anything in the middle is probably, for the most part, the sharpest it'll get. And then the edges kind of blur out, you know, they have their. It's it's a weird effect. It almost makes it look like you're shooting at a larger aperture, like right. like almost like focus fall off. But it's just the wide angle lens. It's crazy. Yeah, it's I'm looking at the photo. Yeah, and it doesn't it, you know, and it handles flare kind of weird too. So, um, but yeah, That's every cool. Sunday, every Sunday I post my sardinas. I call it uh, La Sardina Sunday. <laughs> so my way of promoting my my sardina shots. But yeah. You should do, um, like, a, a serious photo project with that camera. Like well, something that's, Chris, like... Yeah, 
yeah, well, so far I, I'm building a library of my images and, and for the most part, that's kind of the way I've been shooting it. Um, so I got a, I, I shoot a bunch when I go with the kids to Disneyland or the family to Disneyland. That's one place where I like taking that camera, especially during the day. There's just so many photo opportunities and people are, you know, they're going to look at them and be like, what the hell is that? You know, nobody's going to really contest it. You know, nobody's going to be like, oh, don't, don't take my photo. They're not going to even know. Right. right. They're going to be like, what is that thing? It's a kid's toy. That's what it looks like. Um, but, um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. Now there's some times where I'll take, you know, I used to take the best R2 with me because that just gave me more control and whatnot. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, so little by little, I am putting little series of, of shots uh, or, you know, whatever that I think I can build upon for zines or whatever in the future and stuff like that. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. But I got a crap load of stuff to get developed. So that's why, Dustin, we were talking earlier. I want to see about your lab and see if we can get, uh, see if there's a way, see what their cost is and return and all that stuff. And see what the total yeah. cost would be. Because I've done, in. yeah, I've done it before where I've taken like 15 rolls of film to go get developed. And I'm like in scanning hell. I enjoy scanning, but after a while, it's just like, uh, this is bullshit. So I fucking yeah. hate scanning, dude. Yeah. I can't stand that shit. I'm, I'm <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm the same. I can't stand it. I, I, I tried the whole like digitalization with your camera, and like even that gets tedious and fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you guys this. Do any of you guys develop, like, C41 at home? Yeah. I used to. Okay. You know how, like, in black and white you have your final wash as, uh, what's this stuff called? Photo like, flow? Yeah. Yeah, like the photo flow? Yeah. What is there in terms of C41 that won't, like... Because every time I develop C41, the reason why I stop doing it is because I always get these nasty, like, drying streaks. Oh, yeah. the stabilizer. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. The stabilizer. stabilizer. But what I understand is you could just use PhotoFlow with um, <clears throat> with your color. Yeah. Uh, so developing. I've actually been doing some reading on this lately because um, I was talking with Andre and, you know, yeah. um, Steel <coughs> developer doesn't come with stabilizer because right. the, yeah. emul- the emulsion, apparently the emulsion, the modern emulsions don't really need stabilizer anymore. Like they have a protectant built into them. So you don't necessarily have to use the stabilizer. You can straight up just photo flow your negatives afterwards, just like you would black and white. Oh, I didn't Hold on a second. I'm gonna honk. Oh, my honk does work. Sorry, I just saw a boat. <laughs> sorry, I just saw a boat for Bernie. <laughs> sorry, sorry guys, I just saw a boat for Bernie uh, sign, and I was gonna honk, but I just remembered my horn doesn't work because I gotta check the fuse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just yell honk out the window. Yeah, do that. <laughs> oh okay. man, I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. But yeah, you can. So you should be able to photo flow. Uh, just like what I do uh, is just like the final rinse is in distilled water, and then uh, I have photo flow in in that distilled water, and I just go from there because I have uh, well water, so I get like calcium and stuff on my stuff if i don't use photo flow or distilled water for that final oh no way that's yeah. crazy yeah i gotta give it a shot then. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's not going to hurt your images and, like, it, geez, the, <clears throat> the amount of time it would take if for something to deteriorate, if, you know, on your negatives it is, like, ridiculous anyway. And I'm sure you're right. storing them, like, in, like, a binder and stuff. So, yeah, you know, your your negatives are going to be fine. It, you know, you let them you let them dry and you cut them and you go about your business like put them away out of the sun where like elements are getting to them. Your, your negatives are still gonna last you fucking forever. Yeah. Your kids will okay. be able to scan with them. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Jeez. Just just hit that shit with some distilled water and photo flow and you'll be living yep. the dream again. <laughs> yeah, I think the key oh. is distilled water in all this process. Or yeah. I think distilled water is like totally underrated in the development process. Like, you can use your water, and I'm sure a lot of people have like really good tap water, but distilled water is where it's at, and it's it's fifty cents a gallon. You know, it's not like it's costing a it's lot. No excuse, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 wait! Fifty cents a gallon. Yeah. No, dude, it's a buck a gallon. Over yeah, here. it's kind of expensive down here. Okay, well, yeah. y'all are in California. Everything's more expensive. <laughs> True. It's like fifty cents a gallon for me. I go, I can go into Publix right now, and get the distilled water. that's like for baby diffusers and stuff, and it's like fifty cents. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Or hey, how about this? You guys can distill your own water. All it is is boiling it off, right? So. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. you can do that. I guess I could call holes. <laughs> okay. You can get on Amazon and get you a pot still and. Just go from there. <laughs> dude, you can buy weird shit on Amazon. Oh, oh for, dude, sure. for sure. Oh, yeah. All kinds of shit. I should see if you can find distilled water for like on 50 Amazon? cents on Amazon and with prime shipping. <laughs> I wonder. Next day. <laughs> yeah. You probably can. Let me do yeah. it. Let me check it out. Check it out. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Distilled water. Just to save 50 cents and a trip to the market. Uh, yeah, you can. You can actually. It makes sense because you know they're owned by Whole Foods now, so. Whole <laughs> Are Foods they? Own, no, Amazon owns Whole Foods now, so. Yeah. Oh, you can gotcha. get like you can just get groceries shipped to you from Amazon now. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, dude. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's the that's kind of my week so far. Ended with the down note yesterday on my trip, but uh, a little happier today. Uh, still <laughs> sad, you know. It's kind of hard to be happy about the DF, but knowing that my best is out there, hopefully somebody has it in somebody in somebody's home. And yeah, it's maybe it made somebody's there. day. Maybe, maybe like yeah. some like yeah. broke film photographer found it, and like there was like, oh my god, it's a sign from God, you know, like yeah, this was meant to be. Well, you know that photo that Bartosek took of that girl that was walking in that little sandstorm? Yeah, that was such a rad photo. She, she had a brown strap. I think it's her purse, but I was going to tell Bartosek, that's my best up because I had a brown strap on it. You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to be like, she has my best of that bitch. Damn. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You said it. I know, oh, man. I know. God damn it. Damn. So, did a you, lot so, of angry, a lot, lot of uh, anger in my head. So we were out two weeks. Anger towards myself. Did you ha did you do anything cool last week? No, nothing worth talking about. 
are you talking to? You, man. Oh. <laughs> we were out for two weeks. So you, you oh. just talked about your Sunday. Did you do anything last week real quick? Oh. Uh, no, I, well, actually, over the weekend, too, we went to, uh, we went to the, uh, one of our local beaches with the family. Oh, yeah. Um, we kind of okay. had, like, an evening beach day and that kind of stuff. And the girls rode the bikes. And, and I, walked, uh, I walked Bernie for a little bit. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about like your regular ass day shit, man. Come on. What are you about? Damn. <laughs> He's trying to get the good shit out of you. Bro. Yeah, He's man. Trying to tell shit. you stuff that's photo related. Yeah. Photo related. Yeah. Like out and I, was, I mean, you're talking about walking the dog. I'm like, come on, Dale. We know you got to walk the dog. I was walking Bernie. Okay, you know what? I got nothing else to tell you. There you go. Nothing else photo related. Are you? Are you good with that? I'm fine with that. If you're fine with it. Oh. Fuck. Okay. Oh, I've been playing more with my H1 and doing some 4K video. That's kind of it's kind of piqued my interest some more. I did shoot quite a bit yesterday. Um. So just. You know, I think I'm gonna try to get into more of the video game and and uh, just He's encroaching on your territory. Nothing, yeah, well, no, no, nothing too serious. And then, um, yeah, I'm still still trying to evaluate my film and and film and, and digital shooting. Uh, trying to find a happy medium of of that kind of stuff. So. I'm still tripping out that your ass went and bought a Fuji XH1 just to dabble in video. <laughs> well, no. The, the reason I bought for real, right? And, and the H1, yeah. So I got a killer deal on the H1, so that's why I bought it. Plus, I was going to use it for uh, manual uh, adapting lenses on it because when I adapt on my XE3, it just totally makes it, it makes the camera so lopsided. Um, so that's kind of one of the primary reasons I got the H1 was for stills. But now I've been messing around with this video stuff that got me intrigued or at least whenever i go out with buddies to go shoot you know i'm shooting video so i got i got some of the memories of what we're doing and that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah. it's cool Sick. those videos are fun yeah you should definitely start like a little small youtube channel with the la film nerd herd <laughs> you know i'm just gonna put it on the DF- i just put it on the dff you know the digital film books on Facebook. yeah i feel you, you know, i'll just keep it local keep it local yeah, so we have this yeah. group on Facebook uh, that we run called the Digital Film Folks. It is kind of like a, you know, don't don't be overly romantic about film and don't hate, don't bash on digital and don't be overly romantic about digital and oh, don't yeah. bash on film. So it's just kind of like a. I love that. It's, it's like a fun. Well, it's like a fun place to post and and do. It's got a pretty good vibe. It's like pretty low key. But it's a Why is this the show. first time we'll be hearing about it? It's like I said, it's pretty low key, man. We keep it, we keep it on the DL. But it's a fun, it's a fun little group to post in. Yeah. I need an invite. Yeah, man. Yep. We'll, we'll get you. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I'm definitely in that squad with you guys. I shoot both. Yeah, I don't man. care. Yeah, I don't think I, I think that people are afraid to like film shooters are afraid to say they like digital nowadays. You know what I mean? Like it's like you have to if you're gonna be a film shooter, you have to be like, <laughs> all in, right? And I just Isn't don't that vibe weird? with that. Yeah, it is, right? 
I just don't vibe with that. Weird. <laughs> like I, I like shooting digital. It's nice to be able to see what I shot on occasion. It's nice to like go out and take a fuck ton of photos and not worry about have the fact that that's gonna cost me seventy five dollars at the lab. You know. Exactly. And like, it's there like are you people know. who are gonna say like, oh well, if you home develop, I do home develop. That's just in color film. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't get my black and white developed anywhere else, and I hate scanning color, so I'm not gonna do it. Exactly, I'm with you on that. Yeah, for man. sure. Because black and white is super easy developing. Color is a pain in the ass. I haven't done it over in a year. To be honest with you, I've been getting my C41 outsourced. Yeah, but yeah, I it's weird how. I found a lab relatively close with really solid prices, and that's just it. It's more economical time-wise for me to do that. For sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. For sure. And they have like they have like an hour turnaround most days for me, like for no extra charge. Like they're just super good, and like sometimes like it might be a couple hours, and they always apologize. They're like, "Oh, we're a little backed up right now, uh, so it might take a couple hours." I'm like, "Dude, you do you, you know." <laughs> <laughs> they have four frontiers in there that they're scanning on, like four frontier stations, and like three machines going at a time. And I'm like, you guys just, just whenever. It's, I'm fine, you know. Like I, I'm just not in a hurry. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, that's not acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I need to be done in an hour. I need this done in 25 <laughs> minutes, yeah, or else. Or else it's free. <laughs> <laughs> well, you pay before. <laughs> you pay before. So. Oh, God. Yeah, but it's still like th- those guys are super nice in there too. So uh, I, I I enjoy being able to keep them in business as little film as I take them. Are they like a chain lab? No, it's just this little small lab um, in Nowheresville, Georgia, man. Uh, it's they're called the Photo Spot. So I'll you know if anybody wants to check them out, that's around the area. I don't know how many people. If you're around the area and I don't know you by now, then like fuck you. Um, reach out and let's <laughs> hang out. But <laughs> if uh, if not, like you know, the photo spot—they're a cool little lab. Have you started rubbing elbows with them and telling them that hey, no, I have on the, on the, oh, man, man, you know, you know that's not me. You know that's not me. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But I, I, I think about it every time I go in. I'm like, I need to take like some business cards because they have a little spot for business cards and like some stickers and stuff into them. Maybe I will. I'll oh. do it. Yeah, when I send you the stack of stickers I have. Um, yeah, right. Like that. Yeah. Um, right on, man. So you've had a pretty good week other than the loss that you've had, but you've gained yeah. a really rad camera in the process, and so maybe I that'll did. hold you over. I did. And you've been, man, yeah. he legit has been gassing for this camera for since, like, I don't know, probably the DF? Christmas. Yeah, it's been dude. Like a, yeah, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a little bit like over a month that I was just looking at it and like man is this possible you know because they're they they go for a solid price yeah right? on ebay i was looking on ebay and i was like and then i have He's... a buddy who's a huge nikon shooter and he was telling me just stay stay under this amount he goes trust me just stay under this amount and i was able to find at that price with a very low shutter count right and and and, and in black because most of them are silver and black and I just wanted to be all black. So. That's cool. I'm glad cool, you're man. happy with it. Can't wait to see what you well, do with the, that and the Lomagon. Yeah, well, let's just see if I'm happy with it. This is just right. the beginning. It's like the true. honeymoon phase, right? That's and then true. pretty soon, I'm sure I'm going to be cussing at it tonight. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. I, I hate this. I hate this shit. Yeah. Oh, this is I hate shit. this. 
getting rid of this shit. Yep, that sounds about right. But do you guys but, still get that honeymoon phase? Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Man, I don't get it anymore. No? No, no, I was. Oh, I don't know. Maybe what I need to try What was the last camera here. you got? Like, what was the last like camera that you like were like jonesing for and you got it? Probably. Hold on. What the hell is this? Sorry, there was like a random noise going through my headphones, but um, okay. probably the Pentax six seven. After okay. that, everything else was kind of just like whatever, and it's kind of sad because I ended up selling all these cameras. But yeah. Six seven for sure. And you didn't have a honeymoon phase with that? I did for like a week. And yeah. then you know, it was probably after seeing the, the first photos, but after that it was kinda just like it's another camera. It's another oh, camera. That's a bummer. Do you think Sad, that's man. because do you think part of that is like because of the your YouTube channel and you kind of are like constantly churning for content and stuff and like burning through different things? Uh, it could be. I think, like, because uh, I don't do many camera reviews anymore, but I think before that's kind of where it came from. But lately I've been really just trying to take and make photographs. Yeah. So the cameras themselves don't really, uh, I don't know. I just don't get too excited over newer cameras nowadays. Maybe switching it up to, like, I think the last one other than the 6.7 was probably the Ricoh, the GR. But, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird relationship between you cameras now. So maybe maybe it's just your mindset now. Like maybe you don't get excited about the cameras just because of the fact that it's become a tool for you now and it's just how you make the photo and you don't really care about like the pro the camera that you need to do it. It could be that. It could be that for sure. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't yeah, I feel you, man. I, that's one of that's one of those things. It's like uh, intangible in photography. You know, some things just really click with you, and you get like that feeling that, and you don't know why. And sometimes you just don't get it. It's true. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll t go through yeah, what I have been up to recently. Yeah, I um I'll be real quick about it. So um last weekend. Uh, I went to a tattoo convention and like with a friend of mine who was like, "Hey man, I'm going to go get this tattoo. You want to ride with me?" It was in Al it was in um, Huntsville, Alabama, so it's like uh, a 3-hour drive there. So I was like, oh, "I don't know, man. That's a long way to drive and just like hang out while you get a tattoo for multiple hours and then drive back that." And I was like, "You know what? It'll be a cool opportunity to take some photos." So I packed up my Peak Design bag and I like slapped in my Hasselblad and my X-T3 and my Stylus Epic and I was like, this will be good, we'll go. And like, let me tell you man, that was way too much shit. It was way too much shit. I should have Why? Just, I should have, but well, because first of all, like, we were there for see, 11, 11 o'clock to like 9 p.m., like 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's like, and I, I just had that on my shoulder the whole time. Uh, it was heavy. It got real heavy real fast. Uh, and then, like, I didn't end up shooting it nearly as much as I did because the venue was so small. Like, I ended up mostly... I also took a macro lens, my 60 millimeter macro for my Fuji. 
and like that's what I ended up shooting was I pulled my I ended up taking like maybe six frames on the Hasselblad and I put it in my bag and I grabbed my Fuji out and I, I took a couple of macro shots of like people tattooing and then um, I put the 35 millimeter f2 on there and just started walking around and I took some like portraits with that and like a couple shots and then I ran into a friend who is a tattoo artist and I ended up sitting down and getting a tattoo from him for a few hours and then <laughs> yeah just on a whim because that's how we roll man yeah I want to get a tattoo do they hurt uh, do you have you ever had sunburn yeah. yeah I've had sunburn before it's like somebody's drawing sunburn on you that's not that bad yeah that's it how, don't that's... make it sound like it's a walk in the park dude it, dude, it, <laughs> it is a walk in the park Listen, I don't have a tattoo, and I know that shit hurts. Oh man, you're, no, they're not that bad. Did you not hey. see the? Did you not see the video that one dude getting the oh, tattoo? Oh, that guy was a was little yeah, cry, was... baby. <laughs> that was hilarious. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody no has a different pain threshold for sure. But for me, it feels like somebody's drawing on a sunburn. Like not like drawing the sunburn onto your body, but like somebody is like taking a pen and drawing over the top of your sunburn. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I'm gonna get sunburned now and then just fucking try it out just to yeah. see if I can like. <laughs> don't, it. I, I don't recommend that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll be like Dustin told me to do it. <laughs> I don't recommend going and getting a sunburn on purpose. I've been just seeing those advertisements on Instagram where they're showing you like you can do uh, a tattoo, uh, like a temporary tattoo, um, off of whatever design you want, just to see how you like it before you get Ink it permanently box. on or Something whatever. Like yeah. yeah, and then. Um, and then, like, in two weeks, it's gone or some shit like that. Yeah. You just, just do that and then change it up every time. It's just about healed. <laughs> no I'll post pain. a photo of it soon. <laughs> um, but it, it's just about healed, so uh, I'll get it. I'll get a picture for you guys. But it was, uh, yeah, so I sat down on a that whim and got a tattoo. And then uh, <laughs> we hung around while my buddy Mick got his tattoo done and just sat there because he sat for like seven hours oh my god it was crazy mine only took like almost three but he was there for seven hours and uh whew, it's a long time to sit there in like a convention you know normally tattoo shops are not like you know you go in it's kind of comfortable or whatever and like there's a little it's like a small environment this is like a convention hall so it's like loud and noisy and like there's like 30 tattoo machines going at a time or more than that there's like 50 tattoo artists there so there's a ton of like machines Damn. going at once so it was just like super loud it was a fun experience it was my first time ever going to something like that yeah it, it was pretty fun um but it ended up being more expensive than i had planned on it being and then uh, so did you know what you wanted before you started that or was it just no, like you just went into no. it i just so like my one of my friends matt he is a tattoo artist and um he had this other guy named matt that was like that shared a booth with him at their old shop and like so when i would go in and get tattooed by matt other matt would be sitting there and like we would shoot the shit and talk and he was at the tattoo convention and i walked up and i was talking to him and um I was like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, I'm just working on some Flash. And he showed me. He's like, that's so rad. And he's like, you want to get it? I'll do it. And I was like, ah, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then so, you paid for it. Yeah, and then I paid for it, of course. <laughs> yeah. And you got to pay the man for his time. I mean, I, look, I got a great deal on it. You know, I paid less than half his shop rate. But um, I enjoy the tattoo. It's fun. So, like, my right arm, I have, like, a nostalgia tattoo. So it kind of fits in. It works just fine. 
um, where I have like a Pokeball and like Majora's Mask and like nerdy shit like that. Like things from like where I was a kid that I enjoyed that I still enjoy today. Um, so it's kind of like, like I said, like a nostalgia type deal. Uh, and he was working on a Dwight Schrute bobblehead tattoo and that's what I ended up getting. So if you guys, know, if you look up like the Dwight Schrute bobblehead on Amazon, I actually have one on my desk right now too. Um, that's what I, I have on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so th- that was my that was my Sunday last week, and then um, let's see. I didn't really. It's been it's been raining like crazy here, um, and it rained again all last week. It was like flooding and crazy shit. So I didn't get out to take a lot of photos. But then we had a nice weekend this weekend, um, and last Friday, like Ed you know mentioned earlier uh our friend dustin lent me his nikon fm2n because i've never really shot a nikon slr and like he was like yeah man i'll let you try this one so uh, i got that in with the little 50 millimeter 1.8 e series lens like the little pancake nikon 50 um the camera is super nice the lens is kind of not amazing uh the folk the focus throw is like super loose i guess it's not very tight Mm -hmm. Um, it's not terrible. Don't I don't want to like talk shit about his his lens and stuff. It's not it's not bad. It's just not what you're used to with like you know my Minolta XD11 is my go-to camera like SLR, but it's been acting up on me lately, and that's why I'm like interested in in checking out other other things at this point. So um, I got this little Nikon FM2N in, and I I tossed in a roll of Lomo 800 and went to dinner with my wife, and then the next day got up. Um, Actually, I don't think I did anything on Saturday. It was Sunday that I I went. No, it was Saturday. A Saturday, I just got in my car and just started driving around and looking for things to shoot, like going places I haven't gone. Like normally when I want to shoot, I'll drive into the city because it's only like a 35, 40 minute drive into Atlanta. Um, But I decided to just start driving down like these old back roads and like country roads and stuff. And uh, I, I found a couple cool things to shoot and it was a lot of fun shooting it. Uh, I wish I would have taken my Ashika mat with me because uh, when I was at the drag races a few weeks back, you know, I talked about how it got kicked and it, got, it tumbled down a couple of the bleachers. Uh, yeah, and I finally got the film scans back and nothing was in focus after that. Like, you, uh, you can, yeah, yeah, nothing. So I think it knocked my focus out of alignment. So I'm going to, I've got to, I put a roll of XP2 in there. I'm going to go and shoot that test roll and check my focus um and see if that's the case if i need to send it to mark hama or if maybe i just fucked up and missed all that focus that day so uh, i'm a little bit bummed out about that because I, I love that camera but uh we'll see there's no need to be bummed out yet i'm just worried for an unfounded reason at this point but um once i shoot that test roll i will know for sure and we'll go from there um yeah, so I, I got that in, and then uh, I got home from work today, and I had a box sitting on the front porch, and it was, like, all beat to shit. Like, the corner was, like, beat in, and it was, like, wet, and I was like, oh, no, uh, what is this? And then, like, I opened it up, and, like, inside I saw this nice, this nice like, pretty heavy cardstock box, and on the front of it it said, Intrepid Camera. And I was like, finally! It's been, like, 15 <laughs> weeks since I ordered since it was, you know ordered it was supposed to be my christmas gift and uh, motherfucker finally <coughs> came in today and it's gorgeous and it's um uh, it wasn't broken i was so worried when i saw that 
like the box all beat up and and then saw the who it was from i was like oh no because i've seen a lot of like stuff about the ground glass being shattered when it gets to you and like you know broken wooden pieces and like there's a lot of 3d printed parts on it and i've seen like stuff where the 3d printed parts get like messed up in transit and all that and i was like oh no but i got it out and opened it up and everything was good to go um i changed my lens from my crown graphic and put it on my lens board and put my old crown graphic lens back on there and i'm gonna have to work on that shutter now that i actually have another camera i can shoot with but um yeah man uh, i got my intrepid in i'm super excited about it i can start practicing with it and working on my project and hopefully um pretty soon i can start showing some of that uh and that's that's been my couple my last couple of weeks that's your project awesome, done so um i've got this project that i've been i've had in my mind for the past couple of years and it's where um i'm gonna i'm probably gonna use ektar and it's a portrait project um okay where I'm just going to take photos of people from, like, the collarbone up. So just, like, um, the collarbone up to, like, obviously a little bit of headspace. And um, essentially, like, just a straight-on portrait. I was going to use strobes, so I was learning how to use strobes. And I decided, like, continuous light is probably going to be a better option with the 4x5 just for focusing and stuff. Um, but essentially, like, I'm going to take a portrait of somebody... And then I'm going to have them eat a hot pepper, like, uh, you know, the hottest pepper that they can handle, essentially. <laughs> um, so, like, a, a habanero or, like, a, a jalapeno if they have, like, a low tolerance or something. But, like, I'm a big, I'm a big, like, I love spicy foods and peppers and stuff like that. And, like, same, you know, man. Same. Yeah, me and some friends grew, like, Carolina Reapers and stuff. And, like, I have a bunch of, like, oh, Carolina Reaper powder that we cook with or I cook with. Um, so, like. I've always enjoyed watching people who don't do peppers regularly eat peppers because it's always like this this so visceral experience for them. Their face turns red, their eyes get huge, their eyes water. Um and it's just like the shock and pain and like everything that goes on with it. I just want to capture that. So I'm going to like have them eat this pepper and then just like you know hold for a few that seconds and then i'll take cool the photo idea. yeah i'll take the photo and then obviously i'll give them like the stuff to to go from there but that yeah that's that's my project i'm gonna be working on i've had a few people volunteer for it which is gonna be rad um so i'm i'm excited about that and now that i have the camera i can actually start taking people up on those offers when i'm visiting areas close to them so uh, I'm excited about that. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be something that I'm gonna work on for a few years. It's not gonna be like a wham bam thank you ma'am situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like there's this guy in South Carolina. Uh, his name is Ed Curry, and he runs Pepper or Pucker Butt Farms. He's the guy who holds like the world record for like Guinness and stuff for peppers. He created the Reaper and um, Ghost Pepper and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I want to ch- once I've like established the project a little bit and I've got some portraits under my belt, I want to reach out to them and see if I can go and like shoot their farm and like shoot him or anybody that's available that want that's interested in doing it up there and like kind of since he's the reason a lot of these peppers are so like crazy potent and stuff. You know, see if I can get him in on it as well i think that might be fun sounds really dope yeah it's nice yeah i'm excited for you dude yeah the more i talk about it the more hyped i get about it um i'm I'm starting to like 
fully realize it and like you know get ideas and stuff how I want to do it. Uh, I, I'm thinking I might make a photo book out of it. The original plan was just like a gallery situation, mm. um, and just have them printed out, you know, nice eighteen by twenty four or something like that. Um, have them sit and sit set, you know, side by side the two portraits together, um, and that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I don't know how many I want to do. I'm thinking like, you know. 20 ish people is a good start because that's like 40 pages roughly of just the portraits and then like i want to do like some still lives of like the peppers on a plate and you know that kind of like you know the b-roll essentially of the book um yeah and then like i said i want to do some of the stuff with like his plant and like the farm and all that kind of stuff so i think that would be um i think 20 ish people would be a really good starting point i'm open to more um I think right now I have like five. <laughs> so if you're interested, uh, reach out. <laughs> Maybe we can make something happen. Um, Dude, but, if you're still working on it in a couple of years from now, if I ever come around towards your end, I'm down. Yeah, Let's man. Do it. I might take you up on that. I'm planning. I, I, I'm tentatively planning a California trip at the end of the year. So may I, and I am taking. I'm, I'm taking my Intrepid with me. So. Um, maybe I'll, I'll hit you up and we can make this happen. Cause I already, I already told Bartasek and Ed, they're going to be a part of it. Like I they don't have a choice. I'm, t- I'm bringing my camera out there. They're going <laughs> to uh, do it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not eating any of that shit, man. I'm one of those. No, nope. one of the few. It's not happening. Oh. It's, not it's, it's, it's not a choice, man. It's not a choice. You said it doesn't work that way, Ed. got to do it. Make sure I got work that way. insurance. Don't worry that way, Ed. I'll bring, I'll bring lots of ice cream and, and bread and milk for you. I'll make you. I'll make you a little bit of taco milkshake. Oh, <laughs> let's just do this near a hospital or something. Because I, I need to be admitted. Yeah, you do have a little baby stomach, so maybe I'll get. Maybe I'll just like give you jalapenos. Let, oh, you, you know gotta what? give him something stronger. Nah, man. Let me just. I'll just do the video. Give him the ghost I'll do the behind the scenes video of this. Okay. Get me, <laughs> okay. Put, me in, put me in the production, not as the main star in front of the camera. There's no need for video, man. There's no need for video. It's like XH1. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Like, I've got to use it somehow. Money's <laughs> worth. I got to document this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah me so, and Chili do not go together. So that, that's what makes it fun. Is Chili's not exactly. with anybody. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, I've got to get um I've still got to get a lens board for my um <coughs> Schneider 210. But other than that, it's um it's pretty much ready to go. I popped my 135 on there today and was pretty happy with it. The way it looked, it's so compact with that lens on there. And um I'm going to go shoot with it hopefully this weekend. I have D&D Saturday, so maybe I'll get up Sunday. And go do it. Maybe I'll take it to D&D with me and take portraits of those dudes. That'll be fun. You should. Um, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. It, 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 that's a lot to lug over there, though. Um, so we'll see what happens. They get aggravated sometimes as we'll be playing, and I'll like break out a camera, and they're like, dude, come on, man. Like, another <laughs> camera? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that. That's what I've been up to. Jonathan, have you done anything? I know, like, obviously we haven't talked to you about your weeks, but have you been up to anything cool? <laughs> you done anything fun that you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, we did, like, a Lomo walk for Lomographies of Metropolis in San Francisco. Oh, rad. So we hosted this little kind of, like, 
meetup where the first five signups on Eventbrite would get the film, and then uh, we just walk around and shoot it. And then it was pretty fun. There was a lot of people out there shooting. It was beautiful weather. I got to shoot with like this super wide rush lens for the F3. I think it was like 13 mil. And uh, it was weird. I don't know. It was it was like you don't even need to focus type of shit. You just point it and shoot it. Like so, a fish eye. Uh, it's the best yeah, lens. essentially it's, it's just a fish eye. I Do just you know had what it set to like infinity. Um, I don't. <laughs> it was my dude's lens. Uh, his name's Marcus Bird, but he let me borrow it off of his F3. But 13 mil, three point something. It was crazy. That would have been super perfect. rad with the panorama insert. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Actually, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that would have been super rad I gotta with the go panorama insert. <laughs> <laughs> That's but cool. Yeah. So, so you had a good been... turnout? Well, yeah. I mean, for what it was, it was kind of like a controlled turnout. So gotcha. only a set amount of people could kind of join into it because uh, it was more geared for like you got to shoot Metropolis to kind of walk. So oh, yeah, there was gotcha. a good like 12 to 15 people. A lot of those, uh, a lot of the dudes who showed up ended up even inviting others. So we were running like 20 something deep down the streets of Chinatown, oh, just yeah. terrorizing everybody. Oh, yeah. It's kind of bad. but That's a good photo walk. That's a nice. lot of people. Yeah, it was crazy. And it's always fun to yeah. do them in a city where, you know, in San Francisco, nobody gives a rat's ass if you're taking a photo of them. So it's yeah. like, yeah. you get away with a lot of stuff. That's true. Yeah, and I bet I Chinatown's like, going to look You know, rad. that Chinatown, yeah, and that Chinatown, I like going to the part where they're, uh, like, chopping up all the meat. And the, I think it's the yeah. one over where they're selling all the produce. Dude, right. that, that is, yeah, that's a good spot. So when I'm down there, I like doing that. I like you can handle there. the smell. You'll be fine. Yep. Oh, yeah. I handle yeah. salt and sea. I remember, <laughs> I, I've only been to San Francisco <laughs> once, but I remember, like, it blew my mind when, um... I went down there because, like, it was before weed was legal in California and stuff. And I just remember, like, there being so many people, like, walking the streets smoking weed. And, like, there was this homeless guy sitting on the corner. And he had, like, this giant sack of weed on him. And he was just, like, (laughs) sitting there, like, rolling joints on the corner. I'm like, what the fuck is this place? And it's like, you walk by that. It's like homeless guy on the corner rolling a big sack of weed. And then there's, like, you know, dried fish hanging and, like... All this like yep. super vibrant colors and like all these crazy smells. I'm like, this place is so awesome. <laughs> it's a little weird now though. You yeah. know, now that they made it, le- now it's legal in California. You don't really see too much of that on the streets anymore because it's it's just everywhere now. You actually have like, there's companies where you can think of it like a an Uber, like a Uber Eats for cannabis. Yeah. That's crazy. Like people literally walk around. Uh-huh. Just like that show, High Maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. You'll usually see more of the harder stuff out on the streets now. So, like, used needles, oh, pills, yeah. etc. I oh, don't yeah. do any of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me neither. But uh, that, that's, that sounds like Atlanta. Like, the homeless people doing hard drugs on the street side. I remember sitting at a red light one day, and, like, there was just lady like on a bench in the corner just like shooting up and i'm like what the fuck dude like I know. you can't you can't like go somewhere in private and do that like shit yeah. man <laughs> anyway so Tough, your, man. your photo walk is <laughs> rad um that's awesome yeah what what else you been up to man 
shoot. Have you ever had the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Oh, shit, yeah. Dude, the breading on that no, chicken is it's always fu- sold out. What? Really? Yeah, it's always sold out wherever I go. Well, you got to try mean, I'm it. I'm telling you, dude, Agoura Hills, I mean, it's, everybody likes Popeye's. Look, man. <laughs> Popeye's is good, but I live in I live in um, Chick-fil-A land, okay? Gotcha. Ugh. Now, what do you like better, though, the Chick-fil-A sandwich or the Popeye sandwich? I mean, Popeye's is good, but it, it, I think it just comes down to the sauce on the Popeye's, man. Like, if you don't have the sauce yeah. on there, it's just not the same. But I've, I'm going to go Chick-fil-A nine times out of ten on, over Popeye's. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm with yeah. you on that. I think I just like the breading on the chicken from Popeye's yeah. more. It's solid. It, like, it's super solid. But, like, the whole that whole chicken sandwich war is like, you know... Popeye's put up a good fight for a minute. For yeah, a minute. for sure. <laughs> you guys, you guys are making me hungry, man. I think, I'm going to give me some Popeye's on the way home. Do it. Yeah. Get you some Popeye's it. and report well, yeah. back. And then get some jalapenos to add through yeah. it. Get you some no, deep fried jalapenos. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you know, I like my gut. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to keep, keep everything going. I don't want to have like an ulcer or... Or something else because of the jalapenos that I eat. <laughs> He's always talking about his his stomach hurting. So like I'm I'm legit. <laughs> like I feel like he would like die eating some serious peppers. Which will be good for your photos. Probably. Yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah, that's that's I don't care about his stomach. I just care about the the glorious look on his face when he bites into one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> just turn him mean, into it. Yeah. I, you know, you got to get some light-skinned people to take this because if, you know, I got a little bit of a darker skin, so how red, well, actually, look, I could man. get really red. Look, man. That might be good. It's not, it's not just about the flushing, okay? Like, it's not just the flushing. <laughs> your your face makes, your eyes get big, your nose right. get, starts flaring. <laughs> That's true, yeah. You start sweating. You start sweating. Yeah, yeah. Oh. There, there's more than you, just the you flushing. You start getting, like, the little sweat beads on on your forehead, your nose, exactly. Yeah, on your nose. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It, there's more to yeah. it than the than the color I change. Gotcha. But I am shooting the Ektar. Details. That that is why I chose Ektar though, because it will like accentuate the flush. Oh, that's why. Yeah. I was I'm wondering gonna, why you chose Ektar. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do like a cooler toned um, light, and then um, to try to offset a little bit of the. Uh, skin tones like the, I'm gonna do a lot of testing beforehand, uh, before I start like dropping people in on it. But I think my plan right now is to use like lighter toned, uh, like like cooler, bluer um, light sources, and then shoot the um, Ektar, and then hope that it doesn't go too pink and fuck with people's um, skin tones too much. Otherwise, I mean, I'll go portrait because that's really the only other color available in four by five, but. That um, <laughs> I would like to go with the Ektar because it's going to accentuate that flushing. Yeah, I feel you. But you never know. It might not work nice. out. It might not work out with that because of the whole pinkness. Some people are a lot more pink than others, so um, <laughs> I would like I would like to use one film so that it's got like a you know a nice look to it like across the board, but. If I have to alternate based on situations, I mean, I'm. I guess I'd be open to it. So I guess let's um let's dive into your YouTube channel a little bit. Um, you've been doing this for a while now. 
What uh, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. So what? What made you say like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna go do some YouTube videos"? It was really when I was like starting out with film. You know, like I think I got into film in like 2016, and I think that's when everybody was saying, you know, using those hashtags like "film is not dead," "film renaissance," and stuff like that. And uh, there were some like things that I wish I knew about film that I could only find in like like super deep forums. Like I'd have to go to like Flickr or whatever to figure out you know little things here and there. So I was like, you know what, let's just make some videos about some of the things that I wanted to know because maybe other people might want to know exactly what I'm thinking of. So really, just from like a beginner's perspective. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean that makes that makes sense. Kind of like a learn along with me situation. Exactly. Yeah. And then it was kind of just about documenting the journey from there, but um, it's definitely shifted in uh, what I what I like to do. It started out with film photography, just hundred percent going straight into it, no digital uh, for a while, and then it started to slowly creep over into what I like doing now, which is like street photography, and then shooting that but once in a while you know i'll i'll always go back to making a video about something that's super just only film photography related yeah i feel you man i know like when you first started i used to get real mad at you because i would watch your thrift videos really man you would score these killer deals i'm like man fuck that guy i get nothing over here (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh dude no, oh, yes. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. It's dry in Atlanta, man. Like this whole market's been dry for years. I haven't found anything solid, like in a very, very long time. I'll tell you the secret behind of like how to score this stuff. So for the people who are listening, you guys get the exclusive look. So it's been it's been drying up lately because I think thrift stores are really starting to get uh, more familiar with like the prices on certain cameras and oh, lenses sure. and such. It's your own uh, fault. But for... Sorry, what was that? I said, it's your own fault. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know what's weird? The the thrift store that I always go to, I call it my home thrift store. They know my name. And I was like, what the hell? This one day, they're like, yeah, Jonathan, uh, this and that and that. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, boy. Like, where did they see this from? So I'm sure they've probably seen a video about it or maybe like their district manager. Because a lot of these thrift stores here in California are like, chain thrift stores like yep. savers or eco thrift or value village things like that i used to manage a value village <clears throat> here in, in the atlanta area really yeah <laughs> okay so you probably know about these secrets then yeah you know how like there's a... okay <laughs> this is interesting because like, <laughs> i always try to get in the manager's heads i'm always thinking i'm like i gotta beat them to it so you know how like they'll often have like color tag sales, like yep. orange tags are twenty five percent off, green tags are fifty percent off. Well, a lot of people will wait for you know the price to change and then they'll pick it up for like fifty percent off or something like that. What I found was that on Mondays, at least for the thrift stores that I go to, they used to always restock whatever they had new from the back on Mondays. So every Monday morning at 8 a.m., it was a priority for me to get into the thrift stores. Since then, it's changed to where now they do it randomly. So the odds of you actually finding something and for a good price, uh, you know, you you really have to be persistent at just going and going and going and going. But um, 
what I found was that the the local thrift store that I go to all the time, he ha- like he has a schedule where it's like for two weeks he'll do it on Wednesdays, and then the next week he'll start back on Sundays. And it, he, the way I kind of figured it out was when he does these price changes, he always does them. Bef- like he he makes sure that he never drops something and then does a price change so it it doesn't sell for cheaper. So it's all it's you know it's it's weird. Like if you ever watch the show Narcos and like Finding yep. Pablo Escobar, mm-hmm. kind of like that. You know, you got to really kind of study what they're doing and <laughs> yeah. figure out how you can attack when. Yeah, I feel that. So like with Value Village, I'll go ahead and tell you their schedule because it's it's across the board the same. So on Mondays, really? yeah, on Mondays they um they pull old stock off. So like whatever the the color was for the previous week that like there was the, or like so you know you go in value village and they have the two colors on the sign that's like these are the two half off colors so whatever the bottom yeah. color is um it rotates they have five different colors so whatever the bottom color is on monday they pull that color off the floor because they're going to start putting new colors out on tuesday that color that that color is rotating in on tuesday so then tuesday through saturday they're putting product out on the on the floor uh, and, and they usually quit around two o'clock in the afternoon. So like they have their sorters and stuff go from about eight in the morning to about two o'clock in the afternoon. Damn, dude, that's valuable intel. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> um, that's, that's like the value village thing. And like, if you pay attention to their, uh, their, their, their leads and their tags are different colors as well. If they're still using the, like cr- the ink marker and the, or the little, um, grease pencil and the tags versus like the barcode scans. A lot of them are using barcode scans now. They were transitioning over yeah. to that when I was working there. Um, but on like the miscellaneous items, you know, like cameras and shit, uh, if they weren't in bag, like if you, this is like a bullshit thing. People used to do it all the time. I used to get so pissed off at the store, but um, you can, yeah. you can wipe that shit off with a pencil eraser and it comes off with no trace. And, like, nine times out of ten, it, like, just don't do it with your fingers because, like, they will look at your fingers and be like, I can obviously see the lead <laughs> on your finger. Yeah, because, it, it like, it's like a grease pencil. So, you know, like the little china markers that you would mark, like, contact sheets oh, and stuff okay. with. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. So, like, yeah. it, it'll wipe off really easy w- with your fingers, but you'll always see that color on your finger. But just, like, a regular pink eraser will rub it off with no trace. So you can go in there and rub that shit off and be like, hey, man, this set is a price. <laughs> um and then offer them a price, and like nine times out of ten, they'll take it. I didn't know that, dude. Yeah. No. Man. And and anything they have behind the the showcase counter, they've looked up the price on it. Anything behind the counter, they've looked up the price yeah. on it. I figured. Yeah. So like, that... that's that's what they call their showcase. That's where they make their their like most profit. Big I bucks. Guess. Yeah, so yeah. The, like at least with my store, like the I had all of my managers check those carts before they went out onto the floor to look for things to put up there, and anything that was put up there, like me and my assistant manager, we would look over at the end of the day and price those things according to like reasonable prices online. So anything behind showcase is usually um, something that they've looked up already. So how does it work? Like, have you ever like? found like a camera there but you were like on you were on like you were working at the time like 
did you do anything oh, like yeah. hiding it or anything you did <laughs> no no i mean i filmed camp i didn't hide stuff um i had a rule for my employees like anything that went into showcase and i, I followed this for myself uh, anything that would go, would go into showcase had to be on the floor for at least a day um, before they could buy it um so it had to the customers had to have an opportunity to get to it before you could buy it but after that they could buy it gotcha that's cool that's pretty good rule that's fair yeah but not everybody was like that that was just a rule for myself because i you know i made my my (laughs) paid my paycheck was based off of the bonus from how well my store did so like you know I didn't oh, sell them. gotcha. You know what I mean? So I yeah, like I wanted the the customers to have a, <laughs> to buy it at full price versus like giving my employees a deal on it. You know, um, yeah. But yeah, man, I was just telling them today. Like, I I never really thought about point and shoots back then, and like I I can like picture in my head like just like hundreds and hundreds of point and shoots going out on the floor and like not even thinking twice about it. But like the amount Ooh. of like A ones and you know Nikon FGs and old Olympus and Pentax like that I've so that like SLRs damn near always went into the showcase and like I can't tell yeah. you how I sold those things by the ass load and <laughs> I, I never even thought about point and shoots until like after I had left that job and I was like motherfucker I could have gotten so many rad ass cameras yeah I'm telling you that's where it's all at the point yeah. and shoots you know people come up with like there's a dude uh, his name is Tito. And he found a Contax T3 for eight bucks. Oh my god! And it's like wow, stock came with the box and everything. Damn. And it was one of those corporate thrift stores, which is crazy. Yeah. And so, I don't know, man. I kept, I kept bugging him, like, dude, where'd you go? And he won't tell me where he went. So, it's like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta think the the people who are pricing those are just like employees. So if it hits the floor, it most likely hasn't been looked up in the price on it. You know, uh, it's just like yeah. the random employee who doesn't know anything about it putting it out there. <laughs> I'll tell you where thing. the real money is at thrift stores. Here's a real secret for you guys: men's yeah. shoes. Really? Men's like Jordans and stuff? No, no, not even Jordans. Men's dress shoes. If you go looking through the men's oh. dress shoes, you would be so, so dude. It's gonna blow your mind when I give you this tip. Like if you wanna, if you wanna flip from a thrift store, go looking through the men's leather shoes. Um, anything like Allen Edmonds, um, Ferragamo, Cole Haan, um, any of those like big Italian brands that have like a Goodyear welt. Just look up what like a Goodyear welt is. And, like, anything with a Goodyear mm-hmm. welt on it that's, like, the leather's in decent shape, dude, you can get it resold for, like, $45 and turn around and sell it for big money. That's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought it was always just cameras. Nah, man. <laughs> oh, no, there's so much more than cameras. Like, hi-fi record equipment. Um, I have, yeah. like, I ha- that's what I spent my money on when I worked there. I have a giant record collection. I had... At one point, I had like a ten thousand dollar setup and like value worth of setup that I, I probably paid like two hundred dollars total for, just because like it would come through and nobody know what it is. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> Wait um, a day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so you you just gotta kind of know thing. You know, there's money to be made in a lot of things, but like men's dress shoes is a that's like a place if you want to put the effort in and like spend the money, you can you can legit like. You can go buy a pair of Allen Edmonds for like three, four dollars there, 
and give it a $50 pre-sold and sell it for $300. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, that's, that's definitely one place that you can, you can make money and typewriters, you know, people are big on typewriters, obviously cameras. Um, you just, uh-huh. you know, yeah, there's a, there's but a niche for everything, man. That's true. There is. There's like there's a weird like thing going on at our local thrift store where people are buying a bunch of like these super cheap watches and then just repainting them and making them look cool oh, and yeah. then just reselling those. That's cool. That's a cool yeah. idea. Watches were always a big seller for me. Like it was it was always easy to turn over watches and like I would sell them reasonably like I'd price them fairly high, but like cheaper than eBay, and I never had one make it to half off week. Never. So, out of curiosity, did you guys have like some type of guideline to pricing items? Yes. You did. There is. Can a you gui- share that? There is a guideline as far as um, clothing as goes, clothing and like shoes and stuff. But for the um, items that go on the floor, like rent, like toasters and cameras and that kind of stuff, not really. Okay, so you can put that shit out there for like twenty five cents if you wanted to. Uh, they have like a low price, um, and everything goes um, like it, everything goes in. What were the? Uh, so if something's a dollar, it's gonna be one oh one. And if it's two dollars, it's gonna be two oh two. Okay. Um, three dollars will be three oh three, and they do that so that like, um, people don't like when we used grease pencils. So it would be like, say something was ten dollars, um, somebody yeah. would wipe off one, you know, or or twelve dollars even is a better example. It would be twelve twelve behind it. Somebody would wipe off that first one, and you would know because it's it's two twelve that it really is twelve. So it's just you know little gotcha. things to help with that, but. Nothing as far as like tiers for pricing things. Okay. Yeah. You that's, just kind of reasonable. wing it. And that's why sometimes you'll see things that are like grossly overpriced just because they're like a larger yeah. item. So you're like, oh, this has, like, you just get the person behind there is thinking, like, oh, this has to be something expensive. So I'm going to price it higher. And then you'll get something that's like, you know, super expensive priced really cheap because they just think it's a piece of shit and nobody's going to care about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Man, I've dreamed. I can I always have this like vision in my head every time I visit a thrift store of like finding a pack on for super oh, yeah. cheap. That would be cool. Yeah. I wish, man. Yeah, flatbed scanners, those used to come in by the ass load, but scanners are oftentimes broken because people just toss them in their truck, you know. It's true, yeah. Yeah. I think my first scanner was from a thrift store and I like I downloaded the software, it was like an Epson scanner and it just didn't work, so I was like, man, fuck this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, fuck, fuck Epson bitch. scanners when they're new. That shit's hard. It's it's difficult to deal <laughs> with. It tests your patience. For sure. Uh, take it easy. You just need to know how to use it. It tests your patience. <laughs> well, what do you scan with it? An Epson. A V eight hundred. Epson. <laughs> See, that's why. Fast. You got the good stuff. I do. <laughs> I'm I'm still on like the V five fifty. Yeah. I have I have a V six hundred sitting on a shelf unopened because I said fuck that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so what my do you last, scan with? My yes. last one broke and I I um I bought that one as a replacement and I never opened it up. I scan with my XT three now. I have a copy stand. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I gotta try that out, man. Is it hard? Is it difficult? 
Nope. It's super, super dead simple. If you have a solid digital camera and a macro lens, um, I got the X-T3. I, I have a Fuji macro, the 60 millimeter macro. But before that, I was yeah. using um, a Minolta slide copier um, macro bellows to do it. And that was like super solid. But the, the lens fucked up on that. So I quit doing it. But like if you have a mirrorless camera, you can just adapt any old macro lens on it. And it's like you could use a tripod and the Lomo digitalizes are like super easy to work with. So um, that's what I use right now is the, the Lomo digitalizes and the X-T3 and the copy sand. I was using my iPad for a while for a light source, um, but I just uh-huh. got a little $20 light pad off of Amazon and it, it works great. Yeah, I got to try that out, man, because I, I have an a7 II. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, You're super solid then. You got the full-frame goodness. Yeah. The only thing that sucks is, like, yeah, I mean, you know, if you do, like, medium format, I always, like, will do, I'll I'll take photos of quadrants and then stitch them together. Um, Okay. So, like, that little bit is kind of a pain in the ass, but, um, you know, 35 millimeter is no big deal. I can, like, take a full shot of 35 millimeter, and it's amazing quality. So why not uh, doing just like a full frame of the six or your your medium format negative? It's just a higher quality scan. If you do the four the four quadrants and then stitch it, um, it's just higher quality. I mean, I could do a, just a, a single frame and it would be fine for something like social media. But if I want to have a decent quality scan, it, you just get a better quality because you're adding those four um, 24 megapixel photos together, essentially, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. And then on that too, like, do you, what do you set your aperture to? Um, I usually set it to the hyperfocal, um, aperture. So like usually like at around f11 or so. Oh damn! Okay, yeah. good to know. Yeah, I gotta give and it a shot. Like what I'll do is you know the Fujis have, I just set the self timer on it. Um, I'll find my exposure and. I'll set like a long exposure if I have to because nothing is moving. So like I'll I'll set the self timer on it and then I'll hit it and then I'll let it you know it counts down a beep 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 and then you'll hear the shutter open. It'll be open however long it needs to be open and then it closes and that's it. I'll, and then I literally just take the slide holder, I move it about an inch and a half to the left and do it again. Inch and a half to the left, <laughs> do it again. Literally I can scan a whole roll of 35 millimeter in about five ten minutes. Yeah, dude, I need to do that. It's it's worth trying to see if that workflow uh, works for you, especially if you already have a lot of the stuff, you know. And there are the like fancy gadgets that you can get now. Like I'm sure you've seen the Negative Lab Pro setup and stuff everywhere. Like yeah. everybody's talking about it. Um, you know, it's it's a really expensive niche product. Um, we have friends who've used it and got excellent results for it. With it, it for me, it's it's out of my price range. Um, it, it, you know, it is what it is, but there are cheaper options out there that, you know, are just as high quality as that system. And you can yeah, for sure. usually, you could legitimately get into scanning that way for cheap if you already have a camera. So like, I don't recommend anybody going and buying a digital camera to scan with because like, that's, <laughs> that's like the most expensive option that you could think of to do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you already have a camera and a lens, um, you can get a copy stand on Amazon for $120 and a light pad for $20. Uh, and that's cheaper than an Epson, you know, 
like just right. with that. So, and you don't even have, like I said, you don't even have to use a copy stand. I used a tripod until I got a copy stand, and the tripod worked just fine. But you know what's holding me back from actually trying that? Dust management. I have, I, I have, I have a little um, blower. A little blower. <laughs> yeah, I have one, I have one of the little yeah. uh, little squeeze blowers, and I a just little pump ones. Yeah, one those, little pump those ones. Those little rocket. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, rocket blowers is what they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all I yeah. use, I, and it works fine. Jeez, yeah, man. Compressed air. Yeah. Yeah, you could use air compressed too. air. My thing with compressed air is that it, you know, sometimes it sends the chemical out with it, and then you have to like clean your negatives and all that stuff. But the little rocket yeah. blowers oh. work perfect, man. So like, what I'll do is um. So with the digitalizers, it has a slit at each end, so you don't have to cut the. You can cut the negatives, but you don't have to. You can just pull it through. Just like the full strip. Yeah, you can just pull the full strip through all the way through. That's rad, dude. Yeah. So what I do is I have um, a little microfiber cloth on one end, or like on the end that it's feeding from. So like it runs through that little microfiber cloth as I'm pulling it through, and then I'll just blow off the um, the little set of six strips because it's six six frames um throughout the um distance of it or out throughout the length of it so i'll just blow those little frames off and i usually don't have an issue with dust if i'm if i'm paying attention to it like if i'm not paying attention to it like yeah it can get crazy but if you if you take precautions it's not a problem and like i said i just have a um little microfiber lens cloth and I folded it over the negative, so it's like kind of sandwiching the negative, and I just pull it through, and I don't have any problems with dust. Damn, man, you made your whole contraption kind of just for scanning film. I mean, it's, it does sound like a lot. I, I get that it sounds like a lot, but like it's it's seriously, it's just as simple as like I put my my camera on the copy stand. I have a I, I like have settings already on it that I know. So like when I I found my focus for thirty five millimeter. Uh, where my copy stand needs to be to get it in frame, and I made a little marking on it with a silver sharpie, and then I found it for my 120, and I made a marking on it, and I made, found it for four by five, and I made a marking on it. So now, like literally, all uh, I have to do is like, I, I, if I know what I'm scanning, I just set my copy stand to that setting, screw it down, I put my camera on, and then I put the digitalizer in front of it, and I just take that negative, I, I pull the negatives through, and I literally just wrap that thing around it, and I'm done. It's not like a whole big setup or anything. I just okay. I just wrap it around it like you know kind of like you're wrapping a paper towel around your finger or something you know um, right 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 yeah so it, it's That's not like cool. a crazy it's not like a crazy contraption it's probably like a lo-fi version <laughs> of like doing all that but it worked for me so that's all that matters to me true yeah yeah for sure yeah man so um enough about that let's let's kind of talk more about you we've been we've been gabbing a lot this this whole thing so you um we've talked about you in street photography so you've had like this really rad progression in street photography um like where you right. could you, you could see on your if anybody's not watching um your youtube channel like this isn't gonna make a whole lot of sense to them but you could you could see there was like a change where you went from like thrifting videos and like portraits with your friends to where like you were legit working on street photography and you can see it, it's kind of like a um what's the word I'm looking for, but it's like a lesson in street photography almost because you see like the mistakes that you're making and like the, the composures. Cause there's somewhere you show like all the frames and stuff. 
um, that you're taking mm-hmm. and like even the ones that don't work, which I think is rad. I love it when photographers do that instead of just showing us like their best work. It's like, these are the shots I took. Um, it's kind of like the magnum yes. contact sheets, you know, how like you see the whole exactly, contact yeah. sheet. Um, yeah, I really dig that. So, but it's really cool because you see like the progression and like you learning how to um, compose and like different learning different compositions and like different things that worked for you and um what kind of sparked you. your like i want to what kind of like sparked that interest for you to like focus and and hone in on street photography versus just shooting you know everything and like find a focus for yourself do you was there like a moment or like a photo or something that you saw that was like man i've got to do that i've got to get better at that yeah actually i remember exactly when it was so uh, this was probably in 2017, maybe late 2017, but uh, there was this photograph of, at that time I was getting really into like photo books and just kind of studying people's photographs because I wanted to go from just, like you said, just having film cameras and just shooting whatever into moving into something that I'm actually interested in, in photography. Because I thought to myself, you know, I have these cameras, but what am I shooting with it? You know what I mean? I want to do something with them. And so I got this Vivian Meyer photo book. And that was my first one. And then I got Robert Frank's photo book. And then I fell in love with, like, black and white photography just as a whole. And then I started getting into, like, Robert Kappa and some of those guys. And then it hit me one day looking at Bresson's work, actually, Cartier Bresson, uh, the photo of, like, the bike you know what I'm talking about? Like the bike yeah. photo mm-hmm. of going around the corner. And then I, I just realized, like, damn, dude, like, he probably waited there until this biker came around. He set up his, like, camera to use the rails almost as, like, a, a leading line or whatever. Because I didn't really understand what those were almost mm-hmm. at that time. And I was like, man, this is cool. And then little by little, I started exploring more street photography. And there was a dude by the name of you guys probably know him, Eduardo Pavez. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ed, man, he's he's a really really cool guy. Um, but I watched a lot of his videos, and he was doing uh, shooting street photography, and just kind of that feeling of being free in the streets, not really having to adhere to rules or whatever, and then just making photographs that look cool to you. So I started doing that, and it scared the shit out of me because. I've never really taken a picture of somebody without asking them to. Yeah. But then I started to get this adrenaline rush and I don't consider myself like an adrenaline junkie, but it was liberating kind of getting that feeling of like, not feel like, not like in a malicious way, like, Oh, I got away with it. But like, in a way it's like, man, this is fun. And so little by little, I started buying more photo books and then I started studying that stuff, watch more of Ed's videos. And it turned into this just, complete love for street photography and then i think it was probably in 2018 where i told myself yeah let's sit down let's really try to get good at this because it's something that i enjoy and then little by little it kind of just developed over time and like you said like there's videos out there on the channel where i'll show like the complete ugliest shot in the world but i look back on those kind of just like you know okay so this is what i did wrong this is what i could have done better uh and it really kind of just helped me document my my progression through street photography 
but ever since then man it's been kind of just street photography only that's all i've been shooting really yeah maybe that's why you didn't go crazy in love for the uh or you're not falling in love with some cameras either because you've kind of already found a system that works for you for that and everything else that's not that is not that yeah i mean that's probably it because when it comes to like okay i i probably lied i get rad i get psyched out over like lenses oh yeah there's certain lenses that are just are so fun to use and are just they make life easier you know so like for example i hate nikon lenses with a passion because uh not the optics i mean the optics are great but the fact that they're hyper focal like scale is color based so you have to like you know it'll be like f16 is red and you have to look for the red markings on the lens yeah and then you know like nikon lenses have this whole backwards thing to them so that kind of messed with me so like when it but in terms of like other lenses like i think one of my favorite lenses right now is like this vivitar series one for the x700 it's like the fastest wide angle prime that they made for it it was like a 28 millimeter 1.9 but the like the fisheye that i shot during the photo walk man it was just you set it to four feet and everything is in focus if you're shooting like at like f8 so yeah lenses get me psyched out more than camera bodies at this point yeah i'm kind of the same way i'm i've become like a big lens junkie lately yeah for sure right it's just i mean you know the classic lenses like they have character and we we've talked about this in the past a little bit about how um there's this like whole modern sharpness trend like everything has to be sharp like this is the sharpest this and this is the sharpest that but like people didn't care about sharpness back then like um true you know wide apertures were not for pleasing bokeh it was more for like being able to see in the viewfinder um (laughs) exactly so it's really interesting that like people are falling in love with all these vintage lenses that had um they were considered shit back then because they had too much character they weren't like solid lenses you know they i mean not that they weren't solid lenses but like they didn't have a flat characteristic you know, and when I say flat, I don't mean like there's no like depth to the lens of photos or whatever. But they didn't have like character, like say like a Helios with the, like the swirly bokeh or like swirly bokeh. Yeah, yeah, or like some of the uncoated lenses with like the crazy flare they get or the different apertures. You know, they call like the um the bubble bokeh and like the flame bokeh and all that kind of stuff. You know, donuts and all the weird like things that they do. Um, you know, they people didn't want that in their photos back in the day now like people are exactly. discovering this and there's like this is so cool i can go out you know and look at like lamography has a pets vol um kickstarter going on right now where like you can literally change the shapes of your bokeh and stuff in it you know yeah uh, it's pretty rad yeah it, it's super rad i'm actually backing it right now i don't even have a nikon camera of my own but i'm backing it <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, people just got tired of photographs being too clinical yeah, like, I agree. Super sharp, you know, yeah. straightforward. Everything looks the same. Yeah. So they want to change it up. But that's funny, you know, considering like you're you're Mister Hashtag Minolta Gang, because those Minolta lenses, <laughs> you know, you know the Rokor lenses, they were designed 
to where they would look the same no matter what lens you had on. So, like, they were designed to have, like, a neutral character and the coatings were all to look like if you took the 45 F2 and you put it on and then you switched mm-hmm. to a 518 or the 55, it would always, it would have that same feel across the line. And nobody else did that. Like Nikon didn't do that. Like there was distinctive character between this lens and then a distinctive character between this lens. Um, right. And, and it's really cool that like people who are in, you know, get into those Minolta systems. It's like, there's a, a very, um, clean look between all of your inconsistent look between those lenses which is pretty rad except for one lens in the Minolta lineup I've tested most of them uh, but there's a oh man I don't know what it's called because it's a Rokor 28mm 3.5 but it's like an SG yeah. or PG which I don't know what that stands for something with the coating or something yeah it's the coating do you know anything about that I don't know exactly coding. what it means but I know I have the I have that lens actually that lens, for some reason, is the only lens that I can't click with. Yeah? Yeah, there's the... So, like, they have, like, a 28-2.8, which is, like, the MD version. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, one of the newer ones, not the real core ones. And that one, like you said, it looks very consistent with it, all of the other images. Almost clinical. But you throw that 28-1 on, or the 28-3.5 uh, real core PG or SG or something like that, and it just looks different. It could, mm. I mean... It struck it struck me different. Yeah. Maybe I was in a time where I wanted things to look clinical, but it definitely has some character to it. So it could be a good thing, could be Were a bad you thing. Used to shooting like super wides at that point, because I mean, yeah, a twenty three is kind of considered a a super wide or twenty eight, I guess. Twenty eight. Yeah. Well, for the most part, I, I think I was shooting like thirty five. So it's but... not too big of a difference then. Yeah. 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 Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's interesting, you know, and and I guess it's like I don't like the fifty five, man. Like I'm not a big fan of the fifty five. Um, oh yeah. And, and you know, it's it's too big for me. I'm I'm just I don't get along with it. But uh, you know, I guess that's gonna be every every lens system. But uh, I know they were they were, you know, their whole, Minolta's whole like um, mission statement was like for their lenses to be coded to where they were similar looking, and um, I think that's pretty rad. But uh, yeah. Have you ever tried their fifty-eight one two? No, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I'm not Dude, a rich man. Do I. Yeah, well, I don't I've have to try it before. That is cool. I would like to. Well, like I said, like my like so I'm not a huge man. I, I sound like a Minolta fanboy sometimes, but like really, I'm just an <laughs> XD11 fanboy. Like I think that's the best camera Minolta yeah. ever made. Um, while everybody else yeah. is fawning over the X700, I'm like I'll stick to my XD11 over here. Um, What's wrong with the X700? I don't think there's, there's anything wrong. Camera. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I, it's just not for me. I, prov- I don't like the plasticiness of it. Um, so that's mm-hmm. why I said like that's more X700 for you guys. I'll stick to the XD11, and it's like, it's a little tiny. <laughs> it, it, it's small. It's metal. Um, it's full featured. I dig it. Um, so like I said, but mine is acting up. So I'm, I'm we're kind of, we're in a, we're in a fight right now. Um. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get it. You gotta get that thing fixed. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm probably gonna send it off and get it fixed, um, if it can be. Uh, that, the only thing I don't like about it is that it's like you know battery dependent and all that stuff. And with its age, it's starting to show that. That's why I borrowed uh, Dustin's FM2N because it's all mechanical and all that good stuff. But I digress. Um, so you also you just took a trip, dude, right? You went to the Philippines. 
Yeah, I just came back in January, actually. How was that trip, dude? It was fun. It was really hot. Uh, The main goal out there was to go visit Drew's family, which Drew hasn't seen her family in ever since she left the Philippines as a when she was four years old. So it was really cool to kind of meet everybody. And Drew's my girlfriend, by the way. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But for so, people who yeah. don't know or aren't familiar with you. For the people who don't know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's cool. So you, did you take a lot of photos while you were out there, though? Yeah, actually. Uh, I The whole time I was out there, I already knew that I was going to try to put something together. A zine or you know, a body of work, something. Yeah. And so I started the journey out. Like I'm still kind of in this phase where – I'm in love with like 800 ISO film. I don't know why, but I shoot like a lot of Lomo 800. I shoot Cinestill when I can get it. Um, but I don't know. I've been like an 800 ISO film kind of run. But I went out there. I took the Bessa R2A and the Rico GR. And two weeks in, my R2A locks up and it's not oh, no. shooting. It won't advance. The meter's working. Everything else is working. So at that point, I probably only shot about maybe 10 rolls of film through it. And so I had to just really rely on the Rico, which was, wasn't a bad thing. It actually allowed me to get into more kind of the more uncomfortable spaces because it's so small. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, I was able to kind of just stick my nose through in different kind of like countrysides and uh, the crazy kind of white sand beaches of the philippines and yeah, it was really awesome it was really cool i put together a zine of that work at the end of it oh nice nice which i gotta get a copy for you guys send me your addresses after this oh right on, i have yeah. a couple extra Thanks, dude. i appreciate that hell sure. yeah yeah man that that's super awesome like i don't think there's many things better than like going somewhere for one reason and like coming out with like a body of work out of it um Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's rad dude. yeah it's so satisfying right like that's like the it's, it's just satisfying to know that you 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 went for one reason and you were able to do something with it and and like you know other than just taking photos because i know when i take trips and stuff like a lot of my trips are to see family as well like i live out of state for my family i'm not going across the world for it granted you know yeah but a lot of that stuff is just like of family members and like hanging out around the house and that kind of stuff. But I always enjoyed like when I'm able to like take a break and go and actually shoot a little bit of photography around the area that I'm at and getting yeah. those photos back is always so satisfying. Cause it always brings back memories. Super fun. It's like every time you flip through, yeah, your scene, exactly. like, it, it, it's, it's like, you know, you get those emotions come back to you and those, and yeah. that's, that's the best thing about like those type of zines. Like, you know, Ed makes some really rad zines because his his like I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah. his uh, half frame Atlanta or his um, half frame Santa Monica, but they're like walking down the road with Ed, you know, uh, the way he shoots. It's, like, <laughs> it's it's fairly unique to him. It's kind of rad. I don't want to like get, make his head too big right now, but uh, I really enjoy looking through his, <laughs> <laughs> his zines. I, I need I need some love from uh, from my lungs. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'll give it to you today, but. Um, Thanks, no, buddy. I've said it in the past. I really enjoy Ed's <laughs> photography, not just because he's like a friend and on the show with me, but um, you know, he was one of the first guests that we reached out to on the podcast before we brought him on, just because like I'd always watched his his feed and uh, it, it's very he's very like he shoots kind of close up and and like he throws composition out the window sometimes and 
it's just it's really fun and playful and it's a lot of fun to like look through his zines because again it's like walking down the venice beach with him the boardwalk and whatever uh and and it feels that way it's not just you're not just like looking at the photos of that like you feel like you're there with him walking down the beach and and down the boardwalk or through atlanta and all that stuff it's it's really rad something too that i like appreciate a lot about ed's kind of your body of work ed do you remember you sent me your layover zine? I did. Yeah, I do. I rem- I still have that. It's one of the best zines that I've seen in terms of like one, yeah. the photos and two, like the quality, you know, it, it, I don't know what you or who you printed it through, but it feels like a mini photo book essentially. <clears throat> but yeah, like what, uh, what Dustin was saying, like you, you capture your, your areas really well. I remember looking through it and that was when I was kind of getting more into like the black and white street photography mm-hmm. and your idea of just like photographing a layover for a couple of hours. Cause what the hell else are you going to do at an airport? Right. Yeah. So that Either was that dope. Sleep. Yeah. Either that or sleep. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that was like a so small, was... what's so crazy about that, about layover to me is, you know, I live in Atlanta and um, with my job, I actually have a badge for Hartsville Jackson airport. So I'm in the airport working quite often. Um, it is always so, you know, it's the busiest airport in the world. So that's my main experience with airports is being in, in that thing. And it's like there's people everywhere and it's constantly so busy. So like I, I look at his and it's like, holy crap, man. Like there's nobody yeah. in here. It's just all light it's and relaxed. shadow. Yeah. 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 I was so there cool. early. <laughs> I, got, I got to the airport early. So yeah. I had it no looked choice. like it. Yeah, Looked it's dead, so cool. man. It's so cool. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, man. So that's exciting. Is this your first zine? Like, um, I, I I know it's not your first zine, is it? You you done others no. in the past? No, you've done some. Yeah. It's my. It's my. Let's just say it's my third official zine. My yeah. first zine was called like Finding Light, which is finding my own street photography kind of style and voice. Yeah. And then the next one up was Crosswalk, which was released in twenty nineteen like middle of 2019 where I walked around San Francisco and then uh, I always found myself shooting at crosswalks because it's where all the action goes down. Yeah. And so uh, that was crosswalk. And then the last one, of course was Philippines, which was the most recent one. That's rad. I love, I love that. So you, you just said brought, brought up like your style and voice. So like I'm a, mm-hmm. like looking over your Instagram and stuff, you can tell that you've kind of found that, um, how Somewhat. i mean to an extent like you have like like you said you, you have things that you shoot consistently and like you have you have compositions that you you, you fall back to um pretty regularly right. if you, whether you intend to or not um i'm not going to put that on you if it, you know but you you do have it and it, like you can see it um do you have like what do you what are you out there looking for? Like, are, do you have compositions in mind, like things that you're looking for to shoot? Or are you just kind of like in the moment um, waiting for something to show itself to you? It depends. Um, something that I found about myself is that if I look for something too specific, like, for example, if I'm looking for a leading line to just dash across my frame, I won't end up finding that because, you know, you always try to find something uh, specific and you end up not even getting it. So when I go out there, I try to go out with a very open mindset. If I come across something cool, that's worth compositionally. Uh, is that a word? Anyways, uh, I'll now. shoot that. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's a word. 
I'll shoot that. <laughs> but most of the time, I think I'm drawn to more of like human interaction with with their environment. So, um, like probably my favorite photograph thus far I've taken was uh, the bike photograph of the dude popping a wheelie in front of the street performer. Oh yeah, where she's like framed right in the wheel. Yeah, so that's a rad photo. Yeah, thank you, man. It was it was crazy. I remember. So the story behind it was. I was having like a terrible day shooting. I don't know what I was like. I had a bad mood that week, man. I was I was pretty depressed. I was down and out about something. I forgot what it was, which means it wasn't important. But I ended up going out there for a couple of hours. And on the last hour that I was there, because I, I always kind of go before sunset. Last hour I was there, um, I was still on my first roll, probably shot 10 to 12 frames. And then I'm walking towards the ferry building and there's a street performer, and it's the lady in red. And she's, like, doing some, like, lip-syncing stuff. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go for the low-hanging fruit. Let's just shoot this thing. So here I am, one knee on the ground. Boring, boring stuff. I'm uh, shooting a 35mm lens, pre-focused to about 10, maybe feet, 8 or 10 feet, something like that. But I was shooting F-16, so, you know, it would have been fine anyways. And then... I pull the camera up to my face. There's like this blur at the corner of my eye. And just out of nowhere, I snap the photograph and I look out the viewfinder and it's this dude riding a bike and he looks back at me and he's like, ah, photobombed you. And at first, man, I was like, oh shit, this is terrible. <laughs> like, great way to end the day, right? You know, yeah. he just ruined my picture. <laughs> so I was like, you know, pretty down about it, but I was like, whatever. So I took the photograph, walked away. And then I got the film developed the next morning I got scans back and I saw the photo. I'm like, holy shit. Like that has to be the craziest thing I've ever captured. Yeah. And so from that day on, it was more of like, it's more of that just not knowing what's going to be out there and just photographing interaction with like other humans, other people. Cause in San Francisco, there's a lot of love that goes around, especially out on the streets where, you know, it, there's a uh, there's people out there who just like to have fun right. so you'll you'll see a lot of people like laughing smiling doing crazy stuff and uh i guess that's more of what i gravitate towards nowadays at least yeah i dig that that's dude that's such a rad photo uh it, like that, it's such a like a photo. one of one once in a lifetime like you know people talk about like the decisive moment or whatever like People can look back at like people can look at your feet like that's a decisive moment whether it was an accident or not like it looks oh man it looks like it you know what I mean and I think that like it doesn't matter how you get to that point you know you got yeah. to that point you know total accident I had no yeah. influence over it, you know yeah so I can't really take credit for it man I got to give credit to the dude who photobombed the picture <laughs> the dude with the big cheeser. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta take you. No, I get. Yeah, he was cheesing he hard, high wasn't he? As fuck too. He was cheesing hard, but no, man. I mean, you put yourself in that position, you know, for the photo to be taken. So, like, you, you know, you're not completely yeah. out of the whole out of the process on that photo, you know, obviously. But I'll you take five percent credit. Yeah, there you go. That's all. That's all I'm asking is for you to take five percent credit. Um, it was I'm a, a big, team effort of all yeah. players on it. When I was like, when I was like looking through your feed, like getting ready for the show and stuff, like I kept going back to the photo of the guy with the lays bag, like just like nomming down, walking down the street. I, dude, I, that photo kills me. I love it. It just seems like it's so funny. It's so like, it it it, it, it cracks me up, man. And like the yeah. the yeah, 
There's you, always you can kind of see him like looking out the side of his eyes also at you, which I think is like that's the kicker for it. Like he knows <laughs> what's up. A lot of businessmen in San Francisco do really kind of weird things. I mean, I guess it's in like every city. Like you'll see businessmen in suits and their suitcase and this he like this is a true story there's a dude riding his bike down market in a full suit and his suitcase is like hanging off of his back with like a string tied to it or something i didn't get the photo but like it's weird to see people in suits on a bike just cruising around the city it's it's, yeah you know what i mean it looks looks awkward it looks awkward that's for sure yeah Yeah, for sure it's like it's like seeing the guys in a suit on like a vespa or a motorcycle and you're like really Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Well, man, nothing wrong with good gas mileage. That's true. That's true. I wouldn't know anything yeah. about that. Yeah, me either. Me either. Um, so you said that you've gotten big into like studying photo books and stuff. Um, are, do you yeah. still do that? Are you Are you still big on studying photo books? Every day. Every day, man. It's like in the mornings I wake up, I grab my book. And then, like, I usually have, like, a little notebook, and I just break down what I see in these photos. And then what I'll do is I'll just let that kind of sink in for a little bit. It's almost like a meditation thing. If I don't do it, you know, I I get into a mood. So it's like once I do it, I feel at peace. But I think the reason why I do that is because it overall kind of uh, just allows me to learn more about what the hell is going on in the photographer's mind. It probably gets you in the mood to shoot. Yeah, well, for sure. Right? Yeah, kinda. It does. It kind. It does kind of. But um, I try not to shoot. I try not to force myself too much to shoot anymore. Especially because, like, you know, when you make these YouTube videos, shooting like POV, a lot of the times in those videos, I don't want to shoot anyways. I'm just doing it because I, I have to. You know, there's a camera I'm doing a review on, or right. a film I'm doing a review on. So it's like when yeah. I go out to make serious stuff, I only go when I feel like going. Yeah, I gotcha. mean. That's that's kind of how I am. We've talked about it on previous episodes. It's like sometimes you've you know it's okay to take a break from a hobby or a craft like or an art. Oh yeah. You, 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 if you yeah. if you force yourself to do something that you don't want to do, you're gonna ultimately end up resenting it, and you're never gonna make good True work that. if you're resenting your art. Yeah. True that. Yeah. So. When you do, you have a, a book that you go back to constantly, or like a, a artist that you go back to, or are you different person every day, just like soaking in as much as you can? Uh, it depends. So yeah, there are, there are some people that I always draw back to, like Alex Webb and Gary Winogrand being probably my favorite out of the bunch that I'm looking through right now. But uh, I try to switch it up on books. Like right now. I've been this whole entire week. I've been doing like Fred Herzog. Okay. And uh, it's not really kind of like my style, but you always have to stay open to, you know, to different different styles as well. To just soak it up, you know, just being a sponge, really. So let me ask you: Do you ever look at non-photography books? Like, um, have you ever thought to try to get inspiration from? other mediums like look at impressionist paintings or um any like classic art um because you know that's where a lot of composition for photography comes from already anyway so like have you ever thought about studying classic art and like taking in all of that stuff as well or some italian painters 
Um, honestly, no. I think most of uh, I should probably try and get into that though, because I feel like that that could be really beneficial. Uh, but no, I haven't really looked into other art forms such as like paintings or anything. Most of the time, it's like I'm like knee deep into photography stuff. So like, I'll read books. Like, have you ever read The War of Art mm-hmm. by Stephen Pressfield? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that where you i don't know because i face a lot of like internal kind of pressure and i'm sure every photographer does where it's like you always need to make sure that you top yourself after your last post or your last video or your last photograph and it's it's hard for me to just like i haven't made a video in two weeks for that reason you know what i mean so it's like i'll always look towards finding like self-help books for photography I always draw parallels, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I think it would be yeah. beneficial for you, man, if you if you look up, um, you know, because it, a lot of the time, like, um, especially street photography, it, it's a lot of it is like so dependent on the environment and right. the architecture right. around them. For like, you know, if you're gonna do leading lines, like you're not gonna get, you're, you're not gonna have the the same compositions in san francisco that you're going to get if you were to come to atlanta because like the architecture is completely different um yeah the, the, the way the city is set up is completely different um uh, everything is but as far as just like photographing things and people and composition uh, I, I think i think it's personally super beneficial to study um other forms of art like i love the the traditional japanese paintings um, like the ink paintings where okay. it's just like a person here and there because it's all about composition and especially like, you know, everybody's familiar with the big, the wave. Um, you know, it, it, it's like, uh, um, what is it? The, um, the golden ratio, you know, are you golden with ratio, the golden ratio? Yeah. yeah. So like that, mm-hmm. that photo like perfectly fits into the, per- the golden ratio and everything. Um, and and there are I've been big on this is like we were talking about earlier I've been big on studying um, composition but not traditional composition like studying more like the Gestalt principles lately uh, and, and trying to not I haven't even necessarily been trying to implement them into my art just been studying them so that I can be familiar with it and like when I'm out um, at work you know my job I'm driving all around the city all day. Uh, driving all around the mm-hmm. state, even not just the city, uh, and I'm so like in my mind, I'm trying to to see these things now, not just like to find it. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, just to find it, so that you know, eventually, like if, if I'm working at this and learning these um, these principles and these different you know composition techniques and and the psychology of the Gestalt principles and how they work, and if I learn these things and implement them into my brain and and into my vision and into like daily life, then it's going to work its way into my photography eventually. So where should someone like me, who's like just starting out, like where, where should we start with like classical paintings or like in your opinion, what's the best way to get into that? Go to a thrift store and find an art book, just any art book. Um, any art book just any art book because everything is going to be but like I mean obviously if you look up like the classical painters um, any of like the the old renaissance photos um, you know there's a really fun subreddit on reddit I don't know if you're a big redditor um, 
But the, not the, really. Well, there's this subreddit on Reddit called Accidental Renaissance, and this is actually what sparked this whole thing for me. Um, okay. And the whole thing is like there are these photos that have been taken, and it's like accident, like you it wasn't intentionally taken, but it it follows like the same principles and stuff, like with the lighting, like Rembrandt lighting and all that kind of stuff, and it looks like this classical Renaissance painting, but it's a modern photo, and it's a really fun subreddit to browse, and. I was just playing on there one day, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I started looking up that kind of stuff, and it just kind of took me down a rabbit hole. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. Then, yeah, it, and it just become a, a thing for me to look at and to study, and that's how did I – Did you get like, addicted to it? Yeah, like I kind of did. I did, yeah. Um, and that's where I started doing this. So like, And then I was at um, – I just went to a thrift store one day, and I was – I always look for photo books. I don't look for cameras anymore. I look for photo books in thrift stores. Um, oh, yeah. And I was looking through, and I found this photo book of, like, this classic Japanese artist. I couldn't – it the every, there's not a single English letter in the book. It's all in Japanese. All, it, so, like, I don't know anything about it other than, like, it's gorgeous. And it was, it was like, really inspiring <laughs> to look through. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, you know, you just got to find something that inspires, other things are going to inspire you and, and work their way into what you're doing eventually. But I mean, honestly, like if you jump on YouTube and you just look up like the classical artists and like classical painting and like composition and painting and like the Gestalt principles or the Gestalt psychology of composition and stuff like there's like these six principles and like you don't even realize like how crazy the principles of design are and how well they would like work in photography until you like start going through this rabbit hole. Um, there's all kinds of videos like if you just look up like the rule of thirds and how it's like kind of bogus um, as like a, a end all be all <laughs> for photography not that it doesn't work but yeah. just like you know everybody always tells you like look up the rule of thirds or this doesn't work on the rule of thirds or you know whatever um right there are so many other principles and like vid- there's a lot of videos out there that are showing you like if this was on the rule of thirds this is how this would work and they're using like um annie Leibovitz and um steve curry and all, all of these like people that you know, like you know their names and you know their work, and how, and then you look at it and you're like this doesn't work on the rule of thirds. Well, how, why does it work so well then? And then they break it down right. like these different um, principles of and why it works the way it works. And like that's what really got me going down the rabbit hole of like studying these different principles and different art and all these other things and like trying to make it and implement it into being like this thing that's just a part of life for me look because you know as a photographer you're driving down the road and your your eyes are out the window you know you're yep. looking for things yep. already <laughs> you know you're walking down the street yeah. and your eyes are scanning everything already you're trying everything. to take in everything and for me it's not i'm not just looking for interesting things now i'm looking for those compositions i'm looking for these these interesting placements or or like aberrances and like things that are in proximity and and just like all these different things that I'm, I've started learning about. Um, YouTube's awesome, man. You can take a freaking art class like, you know, on YouTube now, essentially. Like, yeah, it's can, all there, sure. you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Thanks for recommending it to me. I gotta give it a shot for sure because I feel like 
yeah, it does get a little repetitive just looking at the same kind of photography, just baseline photo books. Maybe I do need to start exploring into different like art forms and see if I can draw anything from that. Yeah, I think um, I think it's worth a, at least a shot looking over. Like I'm not tell, I'm not trying to tell you like you're you got to do this to make your photography better. Like you know uh, you know right, I, right, I'm right, just right. A, I don't I don't share nearly as much work as you do. I'm just for me like it's a super vulnerable thing and I'm not down with sharing so much work all the time. Um, right, right. But yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. my experience with it, you know. But for me, like. I, I enjoy the the process of like taking the photo, not so much the process of showing it to people. Um, mm-hmm. I feel is, you I, on that. Yeah, I know it's I, it can be a little bit weird to some people, but that's just like that's how it is for me. I don't, I'm not, I'm not in this for likes and whatever. Like it's just I enjoy the process and everything else that goes along with it. Uh, I, <laughs> I could probably like honestly, I, I could probably go out and like snap photos and never see them and probably be happy. Really? Not yeah. even seeing like the final image? Yeah. Just, like, you just like being there and present, yeah, taking the photograph. Exactly. It just like, likes to sh- press the button. Yeah. I, like, so I, I have like this photographic memory too. So like I can see things through the shutter still that I've taken. Like I'm not one of those people that remembers every shot I've ever taken, but like I know the photos that stick with me. And, I, and like I, the ones I'm proud of, like I can still see them through the viewfinder, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's so weird. That's such a weird thing to say on like a photography podcast. <laughs> that's not but, weird at all, man. That's not uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's actually interesting. Everybody kind of gets caught up in the after and not really enjoying, you know, the process the of process, actually taking exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I know there are a lot of people that, that blather on and on about like the process and stuff like that. And like, I don't try. I don't get too deep into it. Like. You know, I get gassy just like everybody else, and I want a new camera or a new lens, or you know, I got to shoot with this film, um, and that you know that just all plays into the enjoyment of like getting out there and just taking a photo. But most of the stuff yeah. I take is just like around my house and of my dog. Like I've got so many rolls of film that are half full of of a German Shepherd running through the yard out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> but you enjoyed every single photo of those. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed I enjoyed yeah. <laughs> taking those photos. Yeah. I don't even if they're out of focus. Yeah. Oh, most of my photos are out of focus. Like it's just a thing for me to take out of focus photos. <laughs> all of my sardina shots are out of focus. Yeah, all of my sardine maybe it's just me. Maybe the sardina really is pretty good. I don't know. When it is in focus, you just have to put your glasses on. Oh uh, yeah, you you're go. right. I need to put my glasses on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so I got one more thing I want to talk to you about before we start wrapping this up, and that is printing at home. You've recently started doing printing at home and selling prints, right? Um, what yeah. kind of brought that on for you? Like, what what kicked you in the ass and told you to start printing your photos and selling them? I'll be honest with you. I was in, like, this – I don't know. You ever, like, get not really bored of the cameras that you own? So you kind of just hop on eBay to see what's going on around your local area or like, you know, the F, the Facebook groups or the let go app or whatever it is. Well, one day I was looking for cameras to buy, just kind of lusting over different cameras. But I found a printer and it was like a Canon Pro 100 and he was selling it for like 80 bucks. So I was like, yeah, dude, I'll come. I'll take it off your hands. I think it came with like a DSLR he bought or something like that. But oh, okay. I. I pot, I, I pot, I brought, Jesus, I can't talk right now. <laughs> I bought the printer 
And then I started printing. And then I was watching like Matt Day's videos on like paper. And then I went down a rabbit hole of just like, man, just trying different papers out and seeing what I can get. And that night I ended up like, shit you not, with probably 10 different paper stocks in my cart, just on random websites. I didn't order all of them, but I ordered the ones that I thought were cool. And then it was kind of just, I fell in love with seeing the photographs printed. Because up till that point, the only type of prints that I ever made were like four by sixes from like Walmart or something like that. Yeah. Um, and seeing it in, in a different, on different paper, I guess you could say, just brought a whole new dimension to photography for me. And so uh, since then, the Pro 100 died out on me. Somebody like, it was in my garage and I don't know who it was in this house, but they dropped the damn thing and it just uh, broke in pieces. That's a bummer. So, uh, I got a Pro 10, which is kind of like the, the next step up for, from that one. Yeah. Um, and that's what I use now to, to print my stuff and sell the, sell the prints. Oh, nice. do, you, do you see a big difference between like the pigment ink and the other the, the ink that was out of the Pro mm, I'll be honest with you, no. Not at all. I think that What's the what's the claim they make that pigment ink lasts longer? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, they're already saying the other ink. I can't remember what it's called. Whatever the... Dye-based ink, I think. Yeah. They say... they. I mean, Canon gives that 100 years. Because I have the Pro 100. And I've, I've been using that for... Yeah. Like six years or something. 100 years. Nice. So, That's... Yeah. It'll, it'll they say outlive. 100. So, pigment, what, more than that? I mean, I don't know why you'd want <laughs> something to I mean, last longer uh, than that, you know? But, Put it in uh, the grave with me. <laughs> maybe for, like, gallery shows and stuff, because or, or like, museum okay. quality. Because I know I go into museums and stuff, like, and, and it says, like, um, archival print or archival pigment print, stuff like that on there. So maybe just for, like, a situation like that, but... You know, if we're if we're printing our photos off and selling them online, like you know, you know, does it need to be archival print? Exactly. You know, (laughs) for the most part, when we're printing photos, isn't it mostly for ourselves, anyways? Yeah. So it's like you know, hundred years is gonna outlive anybody for sure. It's just. But no, I don't see a difference. Yeah, exactly. On your wall, check it out, sell it later on. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty. What, what paper stocks did you finally uh, end up uh, using the most? Um, What's in your reserve there? So the, the, the stock that I like the most is called... Uh, it's, it's from Red River Paper. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. yeah. It's a Red River Palo Duro soft gloss rag. But it's too thick for my printer. So when every time I print with it, I always get these like ink marks on the edges of the of the paper which I have to clean off, but it always leaves like little residue. So most of the time I do like mat them, put them through mats so that it doesn't really show. But gotcha. other than that, there's this other company called, I think it's called Finstra Art. If you guys have heard of that before. Mm-mm. No, not that one. They, See, I'm they not make a big this, printer, like, so I don't know. I don't know any of these. Oh, okay. I've, heard, I've heard people talking about them, but I don't have any experience with them. I, I have, uh, I, I got some prints from somebody uh, on one of those cheap HP printers, and like I went out and bought one after that. I was like, "Oh, those were okay." <laughs> <laughs> and again, like my printer, it's still in <clears throat> my scanner. It's still in the box on a shelf over here. It's all about the paper, dude. If you ever get into printing, it's it's the paper that counts. Yeah, because you can. It's ink is almost all the same, anyways. And 
bet you, I mean, if Canon's listening, hey, sponsor me, Canon, send me some ink. But if they're not listening, <laughs> Canon's making a shit ton of money off of folks like me buying, you know, the OEM ink stocks when, you know, a lot of people just buy the third party inks and right. have a good time, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like $130 for Ooh. the 10 pack of the 10 yeah. pack which you have to restock if you if you print like me like every every week you got to restock that every two to three weeks that's so that's harsh. that's a phone bill essentially yeah, yeah. you know yeah that's crazy because i i usually wait for amazon to have you know the a pack on the pro 100 till yeah when it gets yeah. around 105 or whatever and i keep an eye on i have a and that's still expensive number. though no 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 yeah. that's still pricey because yeah. you know if I get into like some sort of printing vibe where that's all I want to do, then yeah, yeah. it gets expensive. Man. It does get expensive. Yeah. So but that's yeah, crazy. Dustin, you should start printing, dude. Just Yeah, I have a printer and I'm gonna for me it's just um my office is in like this state of disarray right now and I've gotta get things set up. Like my desk is falling apart and I've got to get a new desk and get some things moved around. And as soon as I get some things moved around and some organization in here, uh, I, I I plan on it. Uh, I print in the dark room on Wait. occasion, so like I have a dark toilet set up, and like I'll get in there and print, but I don't I don't really print on my um like a, a inkjet or anything. Oh, uh, dude, you know what? I I I gotta try uh, dark room printing. Dude, I haven't really gotten to yet. Yeah, it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get backlash for that, Ed? Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, follows. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, people love Ed. They listen to that. They like. They, people love Ed. It's funny. I don't understand <laughs> it. They're all wrong, but. <laughs> just tell the truth. I tell Jeez, it how man. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I met Ed. He was like, "It's the man himself," and I was like. Up. and then i figured out because you know when you meet people in person right. opposed to talking online you know you, sometimes you don't always see their face yeah and when he was oh, i'm ed and i was like oh what's up man because yeah. <laughs> prior to that i've never really seen seen his face before so yeah. he's yeah, a wily dude. one that guy yeah i remember him explaining like I was, I was i think we were getting breakfast ed do you remember that yeah yeah we we're talking about pushing lomo 800 yeah, super early in the morning. I was like eating yeah. the bun, and he's like, "You ever shoot it at like sixteen hundred? And I was like, "Hell no, man!" Because at that time, I was trying to like look for variations to or other film stocks to replace like Fuji Natura, which just got discontinued at yeah. that time. So yeah, I never shot that film, but it's like up to like fifty five dollars a roll right now. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. I would it's never. Crazy. I'm never gonna shoot that film with it being like so crazy expensive now. It's just not gonna. Happen. If I get an extra roll or two, there's there's a dude who's supposed to have cool. like ten rolls stored frozen. If I can like get a good price on them, I'll send you a roll so you can oh, shoot right that. On. Sh- yeah, man, I'll shoot it. I have a roll yeah. of the Fuji Color sixteen hundred that's like long expired. Um, I think same thing, isn't is it? That? I don't know. Should be close enough. Yeah, it probably is close. Um, it's like long expired. So. Yeah. Like by decades, but whatever. I'm not a huge expired it's film like shooter. A... Really? It's like the... Yeah. Yeah, he you doesn't like, like to shoot expired. Yeah. Except for my acros, because all of my acros is expired right now. <laughs> 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 but, but only by like, a few months. 
Well, it's not expired. I know. <laughs> it's in the free- you have it in the freezer or the fridge, right? It's all in the freezer. Oh, no, still Did you stock up on it when uh when they said they were gonna pull them off the shelves? I stocked up on it before it was it got pulled off the shelves, and then I kept stocking up before yeah. when yeah. they they announced it. Like I have probably like seventy five rolls of one twenty left. Jeez, man. Yeah, it's my favorite film stock, man, and like that in the Hasselblad is like that's it for me. Time to, you need to offload that stuff, man. Fuck no. I'm going to offload it through my camera. She. I, I, offloaded, my... I offloaded a couple of packs. I made some nice chunk of change. I there bet you go. did. I mean, you know what? If I ever need to make like a car payment one day, maybe I will. But for now, <laughs> for now, it's it's sitting nice and chilly in the freezer waiting for me to choose go. the day that it sees the light. Have you tried the little, uh, the second version of Acros that they released? Not yet. I thought about, I have a Fuji, I have a Fuji, I have an Amazon Japan account, uh, and I thought about ordering some from there, but I, I think I'm just going to wait until it hits the shelves in America and go from I, I, there. I think Freestyle, yeah, I think Freestyle now has it. Yeah, yeah but, free, but Freestyle has it, like, fr- ordered from Japan, so it's at a markup. Oh. Uh, well, well, yeah, they do funky markups from time to time. You kind of have to, though. Yeah. yeah. Last like, key? Here last in key? SF. Yeah, they dude, they, they had some. And they weren't marking up. It was like, well, I don't know how much the retail is supposed to be on those. But they had them for like 10 bucks a pop. That's not bad. Because if you order it from Amazon Japan, it's like $9 and some change per roll. Jeez, man. Yeah. I got to get an Amazon Japan account. It's super easy, dude. It's super easy. You just can't do Prime. That's the only thing. <laughs> two day prime. Can, can you imagine that would be awesome. Two day prime. That would be fan. dope, man. Yeah, I'd order some sushi and have it delivered at the house or something. <laughs> yeah, know? there you go. I don't think I would trust that sushi at that point. <laughs> but I guess if it's a California roll, it'll be. Fine. You're a brave man. <laughs> a brave man ordering sushi That's from Japan. Love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. order some fatty tuna and. Wait and see what happens. Yeah. We'll send uh, Ed some wasabi yeah. for his stomach. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll get Ed to eat. I'll just give him a big dab of wasabi. There you go. Thank, thank you, next. Thank you, next. <laughs> okay. Ariana Grande. <laughs> that's, that's Ed's cool story, bro. Uh, that's, that's my cool gotcha. story. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you, next. <laughs> thank you, next. Oh, that's boy. what I can't believe I just said that. Okay, yeah, it's on record. <laughs> yeah, it's on record. He's got he's got young girls. Record. That's his that's he's uh, yeah. He's got a preteen. Yeah. I, I got a preteen, so understandable. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, this that, time. that's a good excuse. We all know that jokes. that's not the reason, but that's what we'll <laughs> let you blame it on that. <laughs> Way to cover it up. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, you got you got you can't leave him out in the rain like that. You gotta help him out with the cover. <laughs> All right. So, um, with that said, I think it's time for us to move into our Instagram highlights. Ed, are you ready this week for your Instagram highlights? No, nah, I'm gonna go last. You're gonna go last. <laughs> I'm never ready. You are never ready. That is the truth. That is the truth. Okay, I'll go first then. This is no big deal. 
So my Instagram highlight this week is Mr. Justin Barucki. So that is J-U-S-T-I-N-B-O-R-U-K-I. Um, Justin's a, he's actually a professional photographer uh, in the New York area. Um, he does a lot of stuff with bands. Um, but he's also has a tintype, like a mobile tintype studio that he, he like drives around the New York city with and like does these super rad <laughs> tintypes. Rad, yeah. I love, I love his work. Um, he, he's done like some really rad stuff with, um, a lot of bands that I listen to and then just like his tintypes are super inspiring. Cause like, that's something that I'm trying to work on this year. I'm trying to like do like a little tin type pop up like not something like to make a living off of but just like something to have fun with so like yeah. his work is super inspiring he does some really cool stuff yeah dude i'm looking at his page right now man yeah. a lot of really cool stuff yeah i mean and you know it's mostly just like compositions or like that you're used to seeing of like rock bands like all standing in weird positions and stuff like that but like his tin types are are really impressive um yeah it's super rad. There's He's a photo a... on his thing here where it's a, I'm pretty sure this was done with like a, a black backdrop, but the dude's holding the guitar, that lighting, man, I, I want to learn like how, how you guys do like these crazy lighting stuff. Oh, are you talking about the one of Lenny Kravitz? Is that Lenny Kravitz? Yeah. The, where he's, where he's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, the lights coming from one side. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually one of the Gestalt principles right there, the what that he's using in that with like the contrast going, oh, like the oh. high contrast from one side to the other. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a super rad photo. But yeah, that's Lenny Kravitz, man. Dude, I didn't even know. <laughs> I only hear his music. I never look at his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd, re- I'd recognize that dude anywhere. He's one of my favorite artists. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. And he shoots a Leica too. Yeah, he he shoots a Leica too. Um, if you look him up on YouTube, you he, like he's using this super rad camera. I think he's using an Eastman View number two, um, and, and like this crazy uh, like it's an eight by ten, ten type camera that he's using. Um, I'm trying to see if you go down his page if you can see it anywhere. Um, I don't see it. Yeah, you can. If you go way down, there's like a picture of um, uh, a pizza guitar, and then a couple away from that pizza guitar is like a photo with like his um, his cameras, his Nikon, and his Canon digital, and his um, giant ass view camera. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. But if you get on his website or go on YouTube and look his name up, he's got a um, tin type pop up. And there's a lot of fun Found videos. It. I think I think Joe Greer made a video like where he went and saw him and got like some tin types and stuff done. Um, nice. Damn man, that's dope. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, rad. there's a dude in L.A. over here that does tin types. Andre was just hanging out with him last Sunday. Yeah, what? Well, wasn't that a class that he went to though? Um, from what I understand. No, I, I think. Well, I know there's a guy that there's uh, on Melrose. They have this. I don't want to call it a flea market because I think it's a little bit more yuppity than that. But they have like this outside thing. And um, this guy just, he's there doing ten types of people. That's yeah. rad. Yep. yep. So I think he i think he went over there to go hang out with them and help them. 
but also learn how to do a, a tintype. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that's pretty slick. There's yep. a there's a local couple who do tintypes in my area that uh, I want to reach out to once I'm a little bit more set up and see if like I can hang out with them for a day or whatever and um, and just kind of like get the feeling of doing it and stuff. Yeah. But I love it. I think tintypes are so rad and I want to do it. So I'm going to. I'm just going to. I'm probably going to end up teaching myself through like YouTube videos and books and trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that tends to be my route of doing things it's just like books, dude say yeah save. yeah books youtube and fucking up a lot until i figure it out trial and error baby yeah that's it. yeah all right so um jonathan what about you who, who are we gonna highlight today all right today we are highlighting christopher strickland have you guys heard of this dude um, he's based out of uh San Francisco area. He's actually Sturm? Uh, Strickland. So his Instagram oh, okay, is yeah, yeah. C-R-E-E dot underscore. Cree dot underscore Christopher. Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cree, um, it has like an old oh. lady in red as his profile photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, okay. it, that's it. No, so, I was not following him, but oh man, I like his use of color. Yeah, and lately, light. so I I know this dude in person actually. He's oh, like cool. one of the other dudes that we run into in the streets a lot. We hang out sometimes, but I'm just really amazed by what he's done. Cause last year he got his camera stolen, and uh, all of his gear was like just like, he he basically got all of his digital gear stolen. So he shot film for like a year, um, but he's really like. I don't want to say like mastered, but he's really like gotten used to shooting film. I don't know. It's just the way he, he photographs San Francisco looks different. Yeah. For me, at least Uh, a lot of like holding beams or getting that frame of that painting of what looks like some two trees Mm -hmm. capturing Chinatown. Uh, Oh, I like the Coca-Cola shot. I'm a big fan of like Coca-Cola. Oh man, there's just like an old dude wearing a Braves hat. What's this about? Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I like his use see... of, I like his flares. Yeah, I like the fact that he leaves flares in. Yeah, it's awesome. There's yeah, a photograph, like kind of like in the oh. middle of his page, of like a half-cut pig. Like if you were just to take oh. a pig and cut it in half and see all of the inter- internal organs. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's this dude holding it over his shoulder, just slinging it. And he's just walking down the street, right? Yeah. Yeah, like nothing's like, happening. Just, yeah. yeah, here's a pig. And that's in San Francisco? Yeah, Chinatown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Oh, crazy. I, that I, really, awesome. I really love this photo. Um, it's pretty far down there, but it's um, this red brick wall and like this fo- the um uh, there's just like a all the bricks and like the everything around it are red and then like the background into the window are black it's just like this little flower poking up in the middle do we got you guys see that one it's right under the, dude with find the pig. It. yeah it's right under the dude with the pig yeah 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 oh yeah 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 dude i love I that see photo. It. that is cool yeah that's crazy. I didn't. I, I've never seen that photo actually. <laughs> <laughs> Digging deep into it. Yeah, man. That's what I do. 
Like I, I go to the when we have guests come on, like I go to the bottom of their Instagram and like work my way back up so I can like see the progression of like, the photo and stuff. And yeah, yeah. And then like I'll dive sure. deep into their Flickr. Like when we had Frank Thorpe on, like I was all the way down into like his shit that he shot like when he was first starting shooting, uh, or when, at least when he was first starting posting on Flickr and stuff. Like digging into that stuff, like. That's just how I roll. Like a lot of it seemed like kind of personal <laughs> stuff, and I was like, man, man, this is not maybe what I need to be looking at for the podcast. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just what I do, man. Like I I try to find as much as I can content on the people, and not necessarily so I'll have like, you know, it's just to get a feel for you. Exactly. Yeah. I like this dude. I'm following him. <laughs> He's a big fan of your guys's thing, actually. Oh really? Well. Thanks for yeah. listening, dude. Thanks, Christopher. Yeah, man. We're going to have you on the podcast. Well, yeah, we'll At have to get him on definitely highlight. for sure. You know, um, <laughs> we have other Indigo lined up. We were talking about with Brandy, um, and they, they reached out, and he was like, hey, man, I'd love to come on. I was like, all right, let's pick a date. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's It was just awesome. that easy. Yeah. Yeah, because I like – so. I was having issues with my mic last week, or last time we recorded. It's been two weeks ago now, but I'm just going to keep saying last week. Um, I was having issues with my mic, and it went on mute as I'm like, as we're going into the whole into this section. So like, you can't hear anything I'm saying, and it sounds so weird. And like, I'm just sitting here gushing over their work, like, you know, talking about how I, I love their use of color and how unique it is, and how like nobody could do that outside of like this person because it wouldn't be unique to them and whatever and like you can't hear any of it <laughs> oh, man. yeah all you hear us is saying uh-huh yeah, yeah. that's right yeah yeah just imagine i'm kind of checking mine now just to make sure none of this is left out jeez oh no you're good i've got everything coming through okay yeah two yeah. Um. All right, Ed. It's you've had long enough, buddy. No, I I got one. You know, and it's I've been wanting to uh, do a, what you want to call it. Uh, highlight this guy for a bit. Um, he goes by uh, Film Negatives. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Huberto Garcia. He's down Huberto. in uh, in San in San Diego. So. Um, oh, yeah. This guy shoots. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he shoots both um, digital and film and. I just love his stuff, dude, and he's just getting some, some awesome, awesome, dude. awesome stuff down down in San Diego, and he also goes to Disneyland, so he's part of my uh, Disneyland crew of uh, shooters. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know him personally, but you know, Disneyland a, gang, yeah, dude. Disneyland gang, exactly. These but, supplied I photos mean, on this this car with the red interior, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. That is insane, dude. So all of it is red, damn near. Yeah. Even his hub right there. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you oh, can man. tell he's uh, he's photographing the lowrider thing very well down there in San Diego. Is that's that a thing stuff. down there? Yeah. yeah I didn't yeah. know that. Yep. I've These... never been to this part of the San Diego, but uh, I've just, just seen some amazing things there's some other there's a lot of other shooters and ones that i met and mostly that i met at the paidea and i connected and stuff like that and connected with them so just seeing a bunch of stuff and i kind of want to go down there 
Yeah. Dude, these things are territorial. They are from LA people. (laughs) The Hindu temple, man. Yeah, the color, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I like in in this shot in the um, in like the the diner or whatever with like the milkshake on the counter. That looks like yeah, dude. I think you see the see the picture of uh, Chewy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like seen this. Chewbacca walking through Disneyland when I was down there one time. It's funny as shit. People get all excited. Sorry. Yo. Check out uh look for look for pictures from November fifteenth through November twentieth of twenty eighteen. Have you guys ever seen like the uh, Lee Friedlander signs yeah. body? looks just like it if not i don't want to say inspired but like because he, he obviously has his own kind of style going on there but that's what re- it reminds me of it's not good are you talking about like the neon signs yeah motel liquor lotto atm yeah i like that the pier burger yeah yeah i feel i can i can see that for sure that pier burger is over here in santa monica i haven't tried it it's supposed to be good pier burger Mm-hmm. Oh, it's on the man. Santa, Santa Monica Pier. I like his black and white work a little bit farther down. Oh man, the this is Triax. Holy shit! I don't normally. What do are you looking for. at? So it's Chinatown and L.A. Chinatown. It's like this black and white photo with just the lanterns lit up on like in oh, at night. Let's see the date. It's in it's uh, April April of twenty nineteen. Okay. April fourteenth to be specific. Yeah. So it's 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 like a a few photos of Chinatown. Um, oh, I see. It. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And it starts oh, yeah, with the yeah, lanterns, yeah. and then like if you that's keep going, crazy. Yeah, you keep going. It's like, dude, they just get like that's solid, super solid. I like the I like the I'm not usually one for photos of puddles. Reflection, um, yeah. yeah. I was thinking the same thing. But that 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 one works. It's kind of cool, yeah. It works because it's like it's not exactly something that's easy to figure out what it is. Like it's just the lines that are being reflected back, and I think that's why it works because it's not like oh, I'm gonna take a picture of the street sun through the water. Like <laughs> it's a little abstract, but the line, the way the lines work with the uh, whatever that this is like a bench or something or chairs turned on their side. I don't know what the hell those yeah. are, but it's cool. It's rad. I dig it. I like this dude. This is a good. Yep. This is a good pick, Ed. Yeah. Positionally, for sure. Yeah. Man, you guys are on been... fire tonight with those highlights. Those dudes are good. Heck <laughs> yeah. My sister just texted me pictures of tacos that my mom made. Man, damn it! Now I want tacos, but I was I was gonna get the Popeyes chicken. Let <laughs> <laughs> me go get go that. Go get you know what I really like down in LA. What's that? King's Taco, I think is what it's called. Oh, King's Taco is good. It's good. Dude, that place is bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna write that on my list. King's Taco. When you come on down. Yeah. Have you ever had In and Out, by the way? Just oh, curious. Yeah, you have? yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. No, I I've, I've been You're to California. Not a fan, are you? I don't mind it. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I get territorial by In and Out. It's like one of my favorite places. 
Oh, really? Dude. I'm with you. <laughs> it's I mean, like I'm... when people say, like, Shake Shack, it's like, get out of here. Oh, yeah. We have, sh- we have Shake Shacks here. I don't think it's amazing. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 we every time we go somewhere that has In-N-Outs, we stop and get In-N-Out. Now, I don't necessarily think it's the best burger around as somebody who's, like, a hardcore burger fan. Um, but they're they're solid. They're a solid fast food burger. Yeah. But we're not gonna get into burger wars here. Um, <laughs> what we're gonna get into is Jonathan's IG. Where where can people find you, man? And not just your IG. Like, let everybody know where they can go and see your work, see your, any, anything you want to yeah. drop out and let them anything, know about. The full ten yards. Plug. The full yeah. ten yards. Right. If you want to go, if you want to, as much or All right, as little as you want. Let's lay this spiel. Play him down. All right. So you can find me over on Instagram. At King Japes, K I N G J V P E S. The V is an upside down A. And the same goes for my YouTube channel. It's the same exact thing. On I don't use Twitter that much, even though I should, but it's the same thing on Twitter. Or you can head over to kingjapesphoto.com where you'll see links for all of my social media accounts. Right on. It's almost like nice. you've done this before. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> this is like the second podcast I've been on, actually. It's only nice. the second one. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I listened to your, your Analog Talk podcast a long time ago. Yeah, a lot has changed. A yeah. lot of photography has changed for that. Not, so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you still have the photo of you playing guitar or the video? Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> your, your guitar photo when you're younger? Those are rad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have that. So that's my most viewed video, actually. Is it really? I think people yeah. just go through looking um, at your old stuff and they just get intrigued. They're like, "What is this?" But yeah, man, I can see four hundred thousand <laughs> views on it. Holy shit! Yeah. That's I, cool. Are you still playing in been- bands and stuff? Yeah, actually, yeah. So my dad, uh, he's been in the the same cover band for the last twenty five to thirty years, and uh, when I was eight, he picked me up on it. So. Ever since then, I've been playing with him in the bands. Hell yeah. Super rad. Nice. So. That is rad. Yeah, that's really that awesome. That is rad. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, cool. So I guess before we go, um, where did King Japes come from? We, I, I feel like we got to ask. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a huge like basketball fan, fanatic. Okay. And then, you know, growing up, of course, there was Kobe. He had his nickname, Black Mamba, which is R.I.P., by the way, Kobe. Yeah. And then there's King James, which is LeBron. Yep. So in high school, I was like, I wasn't the biggest LeBron fan, but I always thought that name, like King James, was kind of cool. Um, and a lot of people, instead of calling me just like Jonathan Paragas, they'll just call me JP for short. And then JP turned into Japes, like J-A-P-E-S. And so uh, out of like... I don't know, like some, I think it was probably like my junior, senior high school. I was like, cool, man, let's go ahead and change my Instagram name to King Japes. And then from nice. then on, it kind of just stuck. And I can't change it now, but because it's kind of what I am. So, yeah, it's ever since then, it's King Japes. Yeah, I mean, that's, nice. a, that's a good origin story for a nickname. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Nothing right. too special. It was- kind of dumb honestly no 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 that's not dumb this is that's a solid that's a solid nickname (laughs) as somebody who my last name sounds like a jetsons character's name 
and was called that most of his life. Like, that's a solid nickname. How do you pronounce your last name? Cogsdale. Cogsdale. Okay, yep. so just straight through. Cogsdale. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Easy Sick. enough. Yeah, man. But it, Cogsdale always, like, you know, when kids are trying to be mean, like, oh, Cogswell over here. Why don't you go and tell George <laughs> Jetson something? And I'm like, God damn you. How old are you guys? Like... I know. <laughs> like, why are you still watching the Jetsons? <laughs> That's dumb. Jeez, That's man. That's so stupid. Goddamn boomers. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomers. <laughs> For sure. Fuck. Okay. All For right, sure. then. Well, um, I guess that just brings us to our social media nonsense so you can find us on instagram at grainy underscore days underscore podcast um if you would like to send us an email you can do so at grainy days at gmail.com remember z instead of an s we don't want to get confused um (laughs) we also have our kofi page um we don't have anybody to highlight for our kofi this week because we don't have a um donation calls at the moment so uh again if you guys want to donate to the kofi and in the comments type an idea for something that you think we should donate to this next time then go for it um and the money will obviously go towards whatever we choose um we really just need to ed and i need to get together and figure out what the hell we're going to do um hopefully we can figure that out soon um but outside of that um we are going to be getting Everything settled. Uh, we have a fun little Kofi-specific logo that we've designed and worked up. Um, and you guys will probably see it pretty soon. We're going to order some stickers. We're going to send some of those stickers out to you guys. Um, and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, just keep your eye out or ears open for our next donation calls. And hopefully you guys are as generous as you were this last time. We Again, we're like super humbled and blown away that you guys donated like right right at three hundred dollars i think is what the total was i'd have to go look again and see but for the um the school film program so um that was super rad that we were able to do that in all of your guys names i haven't had anybody reach out about not wanting your names sent to the program so uh we're gonna do that pretty soon we've been waiting we've been trying to watch for deals to come up and stuff so we can make the most of our money but i think we're just gonna go ahead and pull the trigger pretty soon and um, get that film out to the kids as quickly as possible. Um, so, with that said, you could find Edward on Instagram at Edward Conde underscore. Ed, do you have any other ones that you want to pimp tonight? I know you got a few of them. Um, yeah, the other one is just, would be uh, a daily dose of E, and there's periods in between the words. Uh, that's where I've been sh- putting most of my uh, digital shit digital stuff and i separate the uh film goes on the other one so. right on cool man mm-hmm. you can find me on instagram at for the love of grain i haven't posted much since the drag race photos but i do have some from the um tattoo convention coming up i'm gonna probably start posting tomorrow so uh, be on the lookout for that uh jonathan man thanks so much for coming on here tonight this has been a blast yeah, it's been a thanks fun conversation on. dude <clears throat> thank you guys so much it was really chill talking yeah. for a couple of hours man yeah man that's thank that's kind of what we really do we um that. we just like a good conversation with friends and that's what that's what we try to do absolutely 
Yeah, really man. free flowing too. I love your guys' approach. Thanks, man. <laughs> we appreciate it. That's, yeah, yeah. You know, we go in and out. You know, between uh, photography and then food and whatever else. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's tough to just talk photography for a couple hours. It so. can be. Yeah, it can it be. Can yeah. Be. Yeah. Yep. But so. we try to make it work. Thanks for coming out, man. I appreciate yeah. it. For appreciate sure. it, you guys. Thank oh, you. before we go, you yeah. have um, you we well, didn't even talk about this, but you have um, what's the word? Workshops coming up, right? Do you want to give a shout out about yes, that? Sir. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna be in LA in March, <clears throat> March 28th, downtown LA. We're gonna do a street photography workshop. Uh, I still have like one spot open. Okay. I know I, I contacted Ed if he was you know wanting to go. Uh, I think Chris Bartolucci is gonna be there as well. Uh, so yeah, if anybody wants to sign up, we got one spot left. You can just head over to kingjamesphoto.com, uh, and you'll see the link for that down there. All right, there you go, guys. Go check that out. Yeah. Go go. Thank you one so much, spot. man. Yeah, man. I, 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 had, I had it written down, and I know we didn't talk about it. I wanted to make sure we got that out for you guys. I didn't know if it was full or what, but we'll we'll get it out there. So hopefully, we can get that one spot filled up for you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Right on. So. Um, Thanks again for coming on, and we will see you guys next week. Deuces. Later. Melt the gang, kids. Melt the gang. Special thanks to Mr. Mike Gutterman for allowing us to use this fantastic music before and after the show.